Welcome to episode 592 of the PS Nation podcast. Ever so closer to 600. And we oh. are now in fall, officially. Summer is over, yo. Damn and it. Second. Uh... As you can see, we're thrilled with the thought that <laughs> summer is over. The video game behemoth season uh... of fall has begun. <laughs> it's brutal. Yeah. Yeah, we're complaining like about having weeks. too many things to play. <laughs> uh, it's brutal. I have no time. <laughs> All right, so we've got some pretty cool stuff to talk about, some pretty sad stuff to talk about, and some pretty interesting things to talk about today. So it should be a pretty uh, interesting show. So plenty of things to discuss over the next, hopefully, 90 minutes to two hours, because I want to go to bed. <laughs> no, I'm good, man. I'm good. Let's go. It's because you're a damn night owl. You're damn right. I'm off for three days in a row. Painting. I got paint fumes in this apartment. Keep me awake. All right. Let's get into the nuts and bolts. So thank you so much for listening to the podcast, uh, however that you're doing that, whether it's through the computer, through the website, psnation.com, or through the many podcast services that we are available on. We appreciate it. Please hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. While you're hitting that subscribe button, please hit the review button. I'm going to keep asking for you guys to do written reviews with stars until I see more than one every 14 days. Please help us out. It does. Somebody else did a review. I don't have it in front of me, but I appreciate that. I don't care if I, – I, I mean, I care if it's a bad review, but I would like for you to review the podcast. It will move us up charts. It will help us support. It is another way for you to support the podcast without having to do much financial work at all. Just give us 30 seconds of your time. Even share the podcast on your Twitter, on your social medias, on your Facebooks. If you still is Google Circle still a thing? No, I don't think it is. <laughs> so, MySpace is a thing. We, yeah, we have MySpace but, page. Let's but isn't that one. like Timberlake music only? Yeah, we, this we're musical. <laughs> yeah, so please just help us out. That's another way that you guys can just show what I like to call like silent support like everybody always wants to know how you can support us and those are ways that giving us ratings giving us reviews moves us up the charts in some algorithm that i don't understand so please just give us a hand um that would be much appreciated so while you're uh, while you're there looking at the podcast links you can go to psnation.com there should be a link right in the podcast file for you to do that at psnation.com you can see multiple things that we post on the site news uh reviews previews hands-on impressions um, you know, lots of stuff that goes on there. The podcast shows up on there. Um, and all of these other things that we post on there that we're trying to get a little bit more dynamic on. There is also an email link there where you can email us at podcast at psnation, um, dot com. There, you can leave us a Skype message if you want to bother Glenn, because uh, if you are bothering him, he's not sending him to me. But if you want to, you can leave him there. We probably need to remove that from the agenda, so I stop reading it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> While you're at psnation.com, you can also go to the forums, uh, psnation.com slash forums. There are plenty of conversations going on there, what you're watching, um, what you've been playing, what, what, what did you recently just buy. Um, tons of different conversations happening there. Uh, Facebook.com slash psnation page, where there's been tons of conversations this last week about some of the stuff that we're going to talk about on the news. So um, even some of our writers are getting in there. Ray's getting in there. Michael's getting in there. I'm getting in there. Um, Josh won't get in there. He doesn't like Facebook, but it is what it is. Um, mm. <laughs> He'll, he likes Twitter, he though. It. So speaking of Twitter, uh, you can follow us on the main account, at PS Nation. You can follow Josh's account, at PJF Josh. Fair warning if you follow Josh's account, though. NHL regular season starts in like a week, so you're going to see a lot of hockey tweeting. And the Flyers got this really cool-looking mascot thing. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen the Flyers That's... mascot, just Google it. It's hilarious. I have to look yeah. at it because I didn't. I, you guys <laughs> shared the Flyers mascot in 
the Slack channel. I gotta look this up. It's it's absurd. I, hockey mascots in general are stupid. There's no reason for them. There's literally no reason for a hockey mascot. Um, but I honestly, clearly, from the way they've been treating it, the way Philly has been treating it, the the team, uh, they did this on purpose, <laughs> and they wanted this reaction. Yeah. They expected this reaction, and they're pl- they're leaning heavily yeah. into it. So, because um, it's hideous. Did a. Uh... Johnny Damon fucked the <laughs> Fozzie Bear. What the fuck is this? Yeah, you you should you should hear you should see one of my friends who lives in Georgia now called me up today, and he's like, "How's it going?" And I said, "Well, better than that Flyers mascot." And he was like, "Yes!" And he started screaming. He's like, and he started reading off this whole list of things that everybody has been tearing into it about. So, so if you want a good laugh for about thirty seconds. After you leave yeah. us a review of the podcast, go Google the Philadelphia Flyers mascot. Um, it's fucked up on purpose, <laughs> and apparently. And his name is Gritty? Yeah. What the? This, yeah. This is dumb. You can follow, it really is. You can follow Michael at the first MJC. Well, you probably will in the next couple of days see him ripping on this, this mascot publicly. Oh, uh, my and, God. And you can follow me uh, at the Destiny Dave uh, on Twitter. Uh, you can support us by going. While you're at, why you're you can support us by going to psnation.com on clicking on the affiliate store links. We're getting ready for you guys to buy a bunch of stuff for the holiday seasons because we're not that far away from two months from Thanksgiving, like literally. <laughs> um, so the, you can use the affiliate links page. Just click on the affiliate links page. There will be a ton of stores that are listed there. Some of them are you know shipped directly to your home. Some of them are buy online, pick up in store, all that stuff. If you shop at any of those stores, click the link, do your shopping. doesn't change anything you do. We get a commission back for you guys making that purchase. Uh, you can also go to Zazzle.com uh, slash PS Nation where you can get ornaments and things that decorate your home and the 10-year shirt in year 12. Um it's not year 12 yet, but I was just trying to see if he's going to realize that he's not listening to me. That's what's going on. So, um, so he might, he might not be. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> there it is. I'm sorry. Fuck. No, I, it's all good. So <sighs> We're going to post 10 year anniversaries for the 10 year anniversary shirt. Yeah. Like we have to do it now. <laughs> can we get Josh, can you I, make a 10 year anniversary shirt with like the, the little two above the 10, so, like, because, you know, 10 squared, and we even know it would be technically 12 years since you took the shirt down. <laughs> 10 squared is going to be 100, dude. I, I, don't use schematics. It. It's just a funny joke. It's not fair. <laughs> uh, but you can also support us through our video services, uh, twitch.tv slash psnation, where we are an affiliated Twitch channel. Um, I haven't been streaming as much as I should be. There was something I was working on on Destiny tonight that I'm like, oh, people might want to see that, but I didn't boot up my computer. But I will try to stream some more games, and as like the holiday season gets bigger and us having more stuff, um, there will be some some stuff coming to Twitch in the future. Uh, as long Also on YouTube.com slash PSNation, where there are, again, we try to post some trailers there. We try to upload the trailers directly to our channel, or we link to them as well through the channel. So you can use um, YouTube.com slash PSNation. Uh, so Twitch, please drop us a follow use the affiliate links if you want to or the yeah use the affiliate links if you want to link your amazon prime with twitch prime and you can give us a free sub and give us a sub on youtube and those are all things that you can use to help us that don't cost you a dollar and we would appreciate that very much so um i'm gonna go grab a pillow because josh has got to talk for a while for new, hmm, for new releases yeah. a couple of new releases okay so starting off we have the on sunday september 30th uh, we have the PDP PS4 LVL3 Level 3, I guess. It's trying to be cool. 
uh, stereo gaming headset 051-032-NA-YCAM gray camo. No, that's not a code for a game either. <laughs> oh, the 051032-NA-CAM. Yeah, I got that. Yep. yep. So this is... Uh, clearly this is in the budget line of, of headphones. It's twenty nine ninety nine. Uh, this is a wired headset. Uh, it's very PlayStation branded. It has the PlayStation logo on the, uh, on the sides of it, on the inside of the, uh, ear cups and everything. It's, it's all, it's PlayStation everywhere. It's cool looking. Of course. And... <laughs> God damn it. And if you scroll through their pictures on Amazon and, and look at all the different pictures for the headset, they show it plugging into an Xbox controller, an <laughs> Xbox Elite controller. So, well done, marketing department. That's fantastic. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh Maybe my that's gosh. the PlayStation Elite controller. We just don't know it yet. Wow. That's yeah, with an Xbox you... logo on the top. That's what happens when you outsource the Amazon page. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Um, So 40 millimeter high definition stereo drivers, noise canceling microphone, inline controls for volume adjustment, microphone muting, 30 bucks. Apparently you can also plug it into an Xbox One controller. (laughs) Uh, You can plug it into anything. It's a pair of headphones. Uh, So then on Tuesday, October 2nd, we have Valtherian Arc uh, Hero School Story. And this is from P-Cube and Agate, I guess is how you pronounce them. Uh, you have to become the greatest principal. The overseer, uh, oversee the development of your hero school, build structures, upgrade facilities, and manage the day-to-day activities of your students Deploy the students on timed errand missions across the world or head out to take quests with your own squad. Master Might and Magic. Train your warrior mage and ranger students. It's a crazy, weird Japanese RPG school principal sim magic weirdness. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where to go with it. And just about everything is E10 plus this week, so it's, it seems to be that kind of week. Uh, then we have Astrobot Rescue Mission for PlayStation VR. This is PlayStation VR required. Uh, I did play this game a couple months ago. We will have a review of it. Um, hopefully by the time it comes out, we'll see. We're pretty slammed at the moment, everybody here. So this has 20 levels, 6 bosses. Actually, maybe I could because I blew through one level pretty quick. Um Better get to work. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, So, yeah, it's... Oh, 26 extra challenges. Oh, shit. Now, (laughs) now, Josh, you don't have to complete Um, in Platinum every VR game before you review it. I know, I know, I know, I know. All right. (laughs) But you need to at least hit 25 of those missions. Yeah, it's it's a pretty cool platformer, puzzle platformer type thing from what I played, all in VR. Uh, with the Astrobots, who are kind of adorable. Uh, so that's E10+, plus, and if I didn't say it before, it's thirty nine ninety nine for the game itself. Then there is the PlayStation VR Astrobot Rescue Mission plus Moss Bundle, which is the PlayStation VR headset, the camera, 
uh, physical version of Astrobot Rescue Mission game and a digital copy of Moss. And that is all that is included in that box. Uh, so no move controllers, nothing else extra. This one is two ninety nine ninety nine. <clears throat> but if you are, if you don't have either of those games and you don't have PlayStation VR and you have kids, even if you don't have kids, they're pretty cool games. Uh, Moss is fantastic. It's one of the best oh, PlayStation yeah. VR games out there Absolutely. right now. And just to reiterate, uh, Astrobot and Moss do not require move controllers, which is why they don't they come do with not. them. So you can open the box and play. <laughs> yes, that's the whole point. These are both DualShock games, so you can just pop it in and, and go to town. Uh, then we have Mega Man 11 for twenty nine ninety nine. Also E10 Plus, big surprise. Uh, this is an all-new side-scrolling adventure with eight unique robot master bosses and a 2.5D design direction which blends beautiful hand-drawn environments with lively characters. And I will have a review for that on next week's podcast. Nice. And then we have Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise. Um, There is a launch edition which has reversible cover art and a Destiny Talisman set bonus DLC. Uh, so this is an alternate version of the Fist of the North Star canon. And there's just a wall of text here. I'm not going to read through all that. But if you're into Fist of the North Star, $59.99, rated M. Go have at it. Uh, then we have 28 versions of Assassin's Creed Odyssey because... That's the way they roll. Um, but three are listed here because these are the physical versions that I'm aware of currently. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey Standard Edition is $59.99. That is the game. But it includes a bonus mission called The Blind King. So, you get something for that. Doesn't the Deluxe Edition come with, uh, eventually we'll have the early access to Assassin's Creed 3 remastered as well? Uh, the deluxe edition includes two gear sets, a naval pack, and two boosts. Uh, yeah, no word on a season pass, which was how you would get the oh, okay, uh, remasters. Okay. I just remember hang I was on. talking about it. So yeah, so hang on, let me dig into this a little more. Sorry, hang on here. The the deluxe edition. Yeah, it's got those packs and... Probably the, the next version you're going to That's about. it, yeah. So the next version up, that's really all it has. Um, so the next version up is this the... Yeah, the 109.99 version, the gold edition, which includes the game and the season pass. Okay. Um, includes season pass and secrets of Greece bonus mission. And you get the game three days early on October 2nd. Uh, doesn't say anything about any other assassin's creeds available. Okay. As part of it. Um, this also comes in a steel book and like I said, one Oh nine ninety nine. Um, so you are prepaying for that season pass essentially. Uh, right then and there. And yeah, doesn't say anything in any of the, any of the stuff I have. I I, I know we mentioned it. 
Because I thought that they, when we oh, talked about no. it, I thought they slyly just slid Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered in there. And I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, yeah, no, they did for the season pass. Yeah. So. Yeah. But they're not mentioning it anywhere on the box art or anywhere yeah. in the literature. I mean, if you're getting, I, I still I feel see. like if you're getting a $59 Assassin, new Assassin's Creed game and the season pass, which, which based on what they did with... Um, Far Cry and no. the previous Assassin's Creed. Yeah. What was the last one called? Origins. Origins. Oh, that's it, yeah. Sorry. What they did with Origins DLC, and then you also get a remastered version of an Assassin's Creed game from PS3? Like, that's a crazy good deal. Yeah. It's a lot yeah. of Assassin's Creed to get through. <laughs> yeah. But, but a good deal nonetheless. And we will have a review of this at some point. <laughs> Hopefully. It's another one of those. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. As soon as possible. You might hear you might this might be a little bit more of what we're playing for a couple of weeks and then we're viewing. <laughs> There's some yeah, pretty big possibly. games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Yep. And that that's it. That's Not all that's bad. coming up. All right. Um news. A couple big stories, a couple basic stories. Um something that I thought was somewhat of a big deal, but kinda got played off by some of the other people I talked to about it. So PlayStation now adds downloads for PS two and PS four games. So uh, Sony announced that now on PS Now, hmm? that sounded redundant, sorry, hmm. um, that you are you will have the ability to download the PS2 games that you are subscribed to through PS Now and your PS4 games that you're subscribed to so that you can play them offline. The PS4 games will have pro support as well. And this also supports DLC. So if you already owned, like if you had previous DLC that maybe you like got rid of the game or lost your disc or whatever that you don't have the game anymore and it's on PlayStation Now and you already own the DLC or the DLC is on sale and you buy it, it will work um, on your PS4 games. It will now work with that uh, as well as downloading it so you can play it offline and pro enhancement, if I didn't already say that. Yeah, which is cool that they added that ability because it like Warhawk, I, even though Warhawk's a PS3 game, so you're not going to be able to download it, but Warhawk, the vanilla copy was on PS Now and you couldn't play the DLC. I don't know PS if now. you can because they don't mention PS3 games at all. No, I know. No, I'm just yeah. saying at least they made sure to add that for PS4 games. Right. Uh, which is cool, but yeah. yeah, no, this is uh this is really good news. Like this is Sony listening to the Xbox Game Pass, which I think is mm-hmm. a really good service uh, yeah. for the price and the library. So uh, the ability to add PS4 and PS2 downloads, yeah, they is still fantastic. You know, I, I believe right now if you if you pick up a twelve month, a PS Plus user picks up a twelve month subscription to PS Now, it's a hundred bucks, which you know equates to less than ten bucks a month, but it is a hundred bucks at one time. Um, hopefully, as soon in the future, maybe they listen and do a monthly subscription service that maybe is eight to ten or eight to eleven dollars or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I just I want them to just fold it into PlayStation or PS Plus. You know. Yeah. Just- the, the the cost might they're still probably trying to recoup costs or. Some like it must be an expensive service to run, and that's why they haven't folded it in. With it, I'm there, sure. Like, would would you would you pay another tier of PS Plus to get it if they added like twenty dollars on a PS Plus? Twenty dollars? Yeah. Well, then why don't I just get it on its own for twenty dollars? You know? <laughs> no, no, I'm saying yeah, no, I'm, I'm saying, no, but I'm like, saying your like, PS Plus subscription costs seventy nine ninety nine, and for the entire twelve months. And that yeah, way, PS you're now essentially access. getting PS Now for twenty bucks extra for twelve months. Would that be something new? Because I, I just don't see them adding it onto the current sixty dollars model, even though they next year they're getting rid of PS no. and Vita games. If they could, if they could, you know, if they up it maybe ten bucks, yeah, I, I might go for it. 
but I just see really they should be doing like a cable company. <clears throat> they should be bundling saying, Hey, if you get PlayStation plus PlayStation view and PlayStation now, here's your price. Yeah. You know, here's your discounted well, price for the three services yeah, or be, two services yeah. or one, you know, well, I'm just think, wondering if they tier PS plus, if that would help, you know, I think it would confuse the consumer and have too many cards on the, on the shelf. Sure. Um, but the thing about it that I think is a missed opportunity for them as well, and this is where, you know, Josh, I think you talked about this even like a year ago or a year and a half ago when they were started to roll this out was PS now, I don't feel like is marketed to people like us. No. Not um, at all. <laughs> and, you know, and you can definitely tell off the beginning when they were trying to put DualShocks in the boxes with TVs, like that they were going after a completely different market and a completely different yeah. demographic. And I don't think even to this day that it's still there. I think there's huge opportunities that they're missing with it to where I'm surprised that if they're really that committed to PS Now that we haven't seen a PS4 bundle that comes with a year of PS Now, like in the box. Yeah, like you know, buy the console mm. for two hundred fifty bucks yeah. or two hundred eighty bucks, and you get this thing. And you know, like it, me again as a retail salesperson telling a customer, like, oh, if you buy this one, it's only an extra twenty bucks, but it comes with a service that for a, an entire year. That's essentially the Netflix of video games, which is pretty much what it is. Um, and you know, like then it introduces, like Josh has always talked about, it introduces them to the ecosystem. It gets them going to you know getting comfortable with downloading the game onto their console and and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, maybe they buy a new game when they see it, or they you know they understand how the store works and the functionality of it is. But I don't think that like this is for all the you know round numbers. This is for if there's 80 million PS4s out there. This is for the 30 million people that didn't own a PlayStation system before. Yeah, yeah, that's. That's the whole focus of that is really uh, it's all those people that came directly from the Wii or the Xbox yeah. 360. And those um, of you that are saying that like PS Now needs like top tier games like Xbox Game Pass does and stuff like that, while I agree with you, you Sony ain't going to do that when they're demolishing their competition. There's no reason. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, they, yeah, they don't need to put a God of War on there because it's selling well. And uh, it's not a news story, but Spider-Man is the... Best-selling uh, fastest selling yeah. PS4 game in the history of PS4, so mm-hmm. no, knock, re- they don't have to do yeah, that. Knocking out the long-term record of four and a half months of between God of War and Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's cool. I mean, like if again, if you own, if you're a new PS4 owner, or even a, uh, only or new to console owning as uh, in in terms of PlayStation, like there's a huge humongous library of games that you can play. Like it's a great value if you have like the hundred bucks to put up front or the thirty bucks for the three months or whatever it is on the store. Um, and now the download a fe- the downloadability feature is a huge win because if your internet's not that strong or you don't have a good connection, you can set it up to download it overnight and then you have the game and you can play it. How it works with connecting to your licensing and stuff like that, I have no idea. So yeah. something I the next news story uh, is something that I think that I said that a month ago that they would do, and I think you guys said that they wouldn't do it. So, Michael, you want I know to take this I was going to say, D- Dave, you you were right. I was going <laughs> to start off with like, yep, you were right. Uh, story is uh, Red Dead Online has been detailed, and it is not going to be available at launch. It's going to be a couple weeks later or a month later. Uh, Red Dead Online is launching in November in public beta form. I don't remember disputing that. I disputed it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're the asshole. (laughs) Yeah. Because they did this with GTA. (laughs) Yeah. It's just it's weird though because uh, for 
Grand Theft Auto, they announced it several, several months beforehand that they were doing this. And that's why I was thinking, oh, we're like two months away from release, a month away. There's no way they're going to hit us with this now. I recall that conversation. Yeah, (laughs) but they totally did like a couple weeks before the game comes out. It's like, hey, online is going to be a beta. But I don't think they called GTA Online a beta. I don't think they were that upfront. It was totally a beta, (laughs) but they didn't use the word beta. (laughs) So. Yeah, I mean it's good. Yeah. I mean everybody that I've heard like you comment on this or read on this is like that's fine. I'm going to be busy with the story for a while, anyways. So, you know, the, like the 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 online services of Rockstar Games are what gives it keeps GTA in the top ten of the MPD. You know, six years later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's crazy. Um, do we want to switch three and four, or do you just want to go right into this the number three? Yeah, switch three and four. All right. Okay. You want to? So this is going to be more your wheelhouse, Josh. You want to take this this one with the. The new secret system. <laughs> yeah. The PlayStation Classic, which is a little miniature version of the original PlayStation, not the PS1, PS Oni. Uh, <laughs> this is the um, this is the miniaturized version of the original PlayStation. Now it it's powered by USB, like all these small things are, and it's coming with Uh, a PlayStation controller that does not have the analog sticks. So it is the original PlayStation controller. Two of them. Two of, it does come with two of them. Two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, because yeah, I guess these would have to be very specific, uh, because of the size of everything. So you can't use your old ones. Uh, the thing is that right there kind of hinted at what games could be on this and what games cannot be on this because analog sticks are missing require the analog (laughs) sticks yeah Yeah. some games actually require those so they they haven't really listed all the games that are going to be on it um they kind of mentioned some of them including final fantasy 7 see final fantasy 7 is coming uh jumping (laughs) flash in 2018 uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, R4, Ridge Racer Type 4, Tekken 3, and Wild Arms. Um, it's, you know, it's, I don't know. It's another one of these mini systems. And just, now I that... I just don't care anymore. Like <laughs> That's the thing. Like, it's neat, but at the same time, my PlayStation TV does all this. You know, my PlayStation TV is plugged into an HDMI connection it has a lot more ps1 games than this yeah and you know it's it's more the form factor is that nostalgia Ooh, it's cute oh it's neat i want it you know i just feel like these and are turning into show pieces like to put on your entertainment center they are like they're little mini figurines now <laughs> yeah they absolutely are and you know the mini gamecube when that comes out they they're all gonna sell really well until we get to a point where everybody's like, all right, enough. You know, when we get to the the Dreamcast classic and <laughs> and things like that, then I think you're going to start to see a turn where it's like, all right, no, that's too much at this point. Let's yeah, the, just stop now. The, the mini N64 patent popped up again. So that's probably coming it's really, next holiday. It's, it might be a really, yeah. could have been a really cool way to Sony for Sony to get rid of all those like um, PSP extra discs they probably have laying around, though. They could have made those. The UMD fit. discs? <laughs> yeah, the UMDs. They could have made them fit in the classic. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, one of the things they've said um, is that basically you won't be able to hack it. 
Um, huh, give someone two days. Yeah, it's because it takes. I know. It's because it secretly takes Vita memory cards. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is no. That cost one hundred twenty dollars uh, to put one game on there. There is no. I I don't know. I like I don't remember how how do you how do you hack the NES and the SNES classics uh, through the power port, which is a which USB, is USB, which they connect to a computer and they get yes. into it. Uh, the, okay. the USB that the power is a USB cable and this is charged or this is powered with a USB cable so it will yeah. act okay uh, but um, Sony probably has some sort of measure to try and prevent uh, they've that got, they've got they've got a thing that's going to take somebody 37 seconds to go through so yeah <laughs> give give uh, Reddit like 10 minutes with this thing and it'll be playing the NES classic so <laughs> Yeah, so uh prices around the world it's going to be 89.99 pounds uh That's $99 really US uh 129.99 Canada sorry Canada uh 99.99 euros and 99.80 yen. So I I when we talked about this I I figured it was going to be more expensive than the Ness and uh Ness Classic. How so, much were those? 79 uh, 70, 79, 69, 69 yeah, 69 so and 79, I think, or something like that. Yeah. So. Which makes sense because some of the PS1 games were still large files. Yeah. And most of them, most of the Nintendo ones. ones only came with one controller as well. Yeah, except the SNES came with two, I believe. And that was the one that was 79, so. And that thing wasn't my. Um, Johnny as a boy got one of those and he sent me a picture of it. Like, I was actually surprised. Like, that, super, that mini Super Nintendo was, like, no bigger than, like, a can of Coke. Oh no! It's I I I have them. Uh, mine, They're tiny. Mine somehow came with extra games. Um, <laughs> like well, mine for some reason had Michael Jordan, Windy City Chaos. I, I don't know how that got there. Uh, but yeah, no, they were like really nice uh, little pieces of hardware. And I can't. I like. I almost want to get this one just because I like. You know, I grew up with the PlayStation stuff more than the NES stuff. But again, do you want it to play it, or do you want it to have it sitting on your on your on your entertainment I will center? Play it for a month um no i'd play it for the first day an hour yeah. yeah and then someone will find out a magic way to get extra games on it and i'll play it for another hour and then i'll never touch it again <laughs> and you'll be like uh, oh old games are old <laughs> yeah that's the thing this was like the the start of 3d games 3d rendering and everything and they're rough those games are pretty rough when you go back and you look at them so i don't know you know i think everybody it's this it's the nostalgia factor it's the form factor it's adorable and yeah it would be neat to have sitting on there but to actually play it i don't know that it's gonna get a lot of mileage out of people playing it people will buy the crap out of it but i don't know if they're gonna play it a lot they do not hold up as well as the 16 and 8-bit games do just because of the style you know? No, and I I have like a hundred some PS one classics from from the library that Sony put up on the on the PlayStation Same. Network. I own like most of the PS one classics that are on my PS three and my Vita. When Sony accidentally uh, allowed me to download the PS one games onto my Vita, I have like a memory yeah. card specific for PS one classics. I have I have. Yeah, I have a memory card filled with those too. Because there's, um, you remember that, right? There's like a weekend yeah. where they're like all the PS One games that you own can now be downloaded, and then they took them away after that. But I got them on a memory card, and honestly, the best way to play these PS One games is on that Vita. 
because the screen resolution and size is perfect. Yeah. For for those games as opposed to blowing them up on a 60-inch TV. So, yeah, get get is. a Vita, Vita. That's like the PS1 classic. Not all the PS1 games are available on it, but th- Well, that's the thing. Some. Yeah. It's more it's, than 20 are. Yeah, more than 20. <laughs> more the, than 20. Not all the big hits. Exactly. Yeah. But let's talk about the they only why do you th- they only announced four games. Um do you think they're just going to try and drag out the marketing? Because it just seems like when you want to hit people with all the games. I think they want to keep it relevant up to release. So they're probably going to like talk about a game or two every week. Or yeah. three, probably, depending. Because is there a release date for it? Like, it's this holiday, right? Uh, yeah, uh, December 3rd. Yeah. Which, yeah, yeah one, two, three. Yeah. That's, oh, no. That was the whole point of it. Yeah. That's exactly why they did it. Because it was December 3rd, 94, is when the original one launched which was why there were 12,300 uh PlayStation 4 20th anniversary okay ones uh it's it's that whole number thing that they're that they're all tied into uh, i think honestly they're they're holding it back like you said par- partially for marketing but also uh just in case that N64 classic gets dropped and, then and that hit. suddenly gets all the press, and yeah, and then Sony goes, "Oh yeah, here's five more games that are coming: Metal Gear Solid and whatever, you know, yeah. just some other big, big games that'll make people go, oh shit.'" <laughs> yeah, no, and there's definitely plenty of games they could do. Here's the thing: Does Activision let them do Crash and Spyro, even though the remasters are floating? Like Spyro Remastered comes out a month before this. Are they going to really want? Like, does Activision care enough? Like, I would assume Sony's going to try and get Crash and Spyro. For this, yeah, you almost have to have those on right? there simply because, but Crash especially, it was basically the mascot for the PS One. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I, you know, I, if if I'm if I'm Activision, I just see that as more marketing. You yeah. know, I'm, I'd be like, sure, go ahead. You know, or because they're gone. Well, be, because people will see that and they'll play them and be like, "Whoa, let me see the new ones," you know, yeah, no, it and be maybe great go out that. and buy the new ones. Yeah. And also, Activision has the power; they could be like, they have to like make Sony name a price, you know, or you know, someone has to name a price, and it's just like Sony has no choice but to pay out to get those on there. It's a shame though; yeah. without the analog sticks, you're not going to have Ape Escape. You know, there's certain mm-hmm. games that. Oh, you're there's not already a have. huge amount of games where there's just a huge. Yeah. There's just a thick line. <laughs> Like yeah. there's no chance. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I am gonna jump ahead a little bit, Dave, just because we have two questions related to the PS1 classic, so it would probably make sense just to That's fine. knock yeah. them out so, yeah, right now. We got some questions sent in to us using hashtag AskPSNation. So if you do that, maybe you'll get to get put in featured into a new story by Michael. Yeah. No, it just it'd be better just to keep it going instead That's of fine. uh bring yeah. it back again. Okay, so the first question is uh, Darth Maximus, uh, are these retro consoles best left in the past? Don't they look hideous <laughs> on an HD TV? I think uh, uh, Josh touched on this earlier, but yeah, they kind of do. Do they look bad though? Like, what is they the do. like? What does the Super Nintendo look like on your TV, Michael? See, no, but uh, it looks okay. Like they, but the eight and sixteen bit games, the art just allows them to be blown up a little bit, and they still yeah. hold their integrity. Yeah, you know, uh, try loading up one of the PS1 classics on PS3 on your big TV. The the 3D animation stuff, this this the the polygons, they just don't look great blown up. 
Yeah, they're pretty bad. And and that's the thing. Like even back to the Atari fifty two hundred, that was always hooked up to an HD TV in my house here, um, and it looked fine. <laughs> you know, yeah. it it really didn't look problematic at all. When you get to that PS one era, that's when things really look rough um, yeah. because of that. There's all those polygons and and the rendering and very low res polygons and everything. It was just very messy. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely going to be. Uh, it's going to be funny how like this is going to work out just to see everyone's reaction of just the 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 time it takes people to put this down is probably going to be way quicker than the Ness and SNES because you're going to have that moment of like, oh, I remember this. Ooh, okay, let me just let me put yeah. this down. Yeah. Um, and then the other PS Classic related question was from Chris on Facebook. I was wondering if this retro system craze is almost over yet. <laughs> Just wait for that Dreamcast to come, and then it's that's the end of it. Well, the the inevitable thing there is if this has any kind of um, sales success, they're going to make one with analog sticks and, and and put another twenty or thirty games on it. Yeah, I can totally see them next year doing a PS One okay. Classic. PS Sony. Yeah, PS Sony Classic. <laughs> Uh, and then yeah. the N64 Classic. And and that one that one will be like the size of a matchbox. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it would be great. Is um, The PS2 Classic would probably be the greatest mini thing. Oh, my gosh. Thing. Fuck and yeah. also, they could just give out the original P- or PS1, or PS2 Slims, because those are pretty damn miniature to begin with. <laughs> yeah, but they're just slightly that. bigger than the controller. Yeah. But I can't wait for a PS2 Classic. That is going to be the most ridiculous library that it will make no one happy. So, yeah, but what does that mean? That you're going to play it for two and a half hours instead of one? Maybe. But some of those... <laughs> Licensing would be hard for that, though. I mean, but, think about it. Do you think Do you think Rockstar is going to okay GTA 3, GTA Vice City, San Andreas? They'll probably okay like they did on a PS4 where they put the Android version on a PS4. <laughs> without the soundtracks yeah. Yeah. yeah but you still have like the god of war games you know you have that they've all uh, released on ps3 or 4 yeah, yeah yeah but you have like the katamari game uh if th- you th- can get the licensing if for you get it the license, it's gonna be licensing <laughs> hell but i, I mean, they're already working with a couple of these companies for the ps1 so i mean it it is the best-selling console of all time so there's a huge library there to pull from a huge, really good library to yeah. pull from. Uh, but d- licensing issues are, are a big deal. And that's kind of the stumbling block with all these things is who owns the rights now. Yeah. And are they going to give them to you at a reasonable price or are they just going to say, Oh yeah, sure. We'll license it to you. $80,000. Yeah. <laughs> like fuck you, you know? But what if a PS2 Classic is the only way to play SOCOM? (laughs) (laughs) It won't, because there's no way you can connect online. Yeah, Yeah, well, it's going to have like a little miniature add-on modem. Yeah, it's going to actually have that empty back. Can it come come with the mic? Can it come with the mic? Yeah. Yeah, it'll come with the the mic, but it'll be the only way you can play SOCOM is on a PS2 Classic. That'd be funny. But it won't be SOCOM 2, it'll be SOCOM 1. Just to, just to get the community. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. 
All right. Okay, that, that's it for yeah. the hijacking. The, that's all right. It's all good. Well, I'm sure this uh, next one's going to be the same thing because sad, a sad day in gaming. So Telltale Studio is essentially closing. They've minimized themselves down to a 25-person studio from about 250 people to apparently finish off their contract with uh, Minecraft Story Mode and Netflix. But other than that... Uh... Uh, there's there's some updates on that book yeah um but other than that um they pretty much came out and said uh walking dead the final season episode two would be the last thing that they do and they they are done they're closed yeah uh so the updates um they are looking to unload the rest of the walking dead season on another studio if anyone wants to buy it uh which sounds like just a last ditch effort for whoever's in charge to make a little bit more money <laughs> Though that's ugly because a lot of the employees, former employees, have a lot to say of that work environment. There's a ton of stories about just how terrible it is in terms of just like all the effort they had to put into it, all the unpaid overtime, uh, just how sudden they were told that they don't have a job. It sounds like it was a really yeah. bad work environment. They went into work on Friday and they left work on Friday without a job. Yeah. So or or severance, or severance, yeah. And they were all doing crunch just to get episode two of The Walking Dead out, which is out this week. Which, if you bought the season pass for it, you're screwed. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> you because like it puts you know Sony and Microsoft into this thing of like, do they issue refunds, or do they just go, oh, you got two episodes of this product. And hopefully someone picks up the ball later and does it. But I can hear Josh wait. screaming. I told you though through the microphone. No, well, <laughs> I, this it's not uh, an "I told you so" moment, but it's a it's a it's a huge fear moment. What it is pulling back the curtain. It suddenly explains what all those season pass discs were about. Is yeah. that they they've been like you were paying them to make the content. Pretty much. They've been struggling for quite a while is what it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, this and, story gets worse and worse and worse every day. Yeah. The, they've been struggling for quite a while, and it, it makes a hell of a lot of sense why they would put out a season pass disc with just the first episode on it. Just to get it into stores, get it on shelves where people would see it and go, ooh, and buy it. You know, and that's the, those sales right there were helping fund the rest of the, the series. Um, because they really didn't have money to make the rest of the series. Apparently, yeah. it's it sucks. It it really sucks for all those people uh, who were working there and just got blindsided with this. Um, that the whole thing just fell out from under them like that, and they get no severance. They get nothing. They're just out the door, and good luck. Yeah, and it's that's horrifying. It's. It's just a nightmare for for anybody who has a family, has a house, has a you know a, a car payment or anything like that. You're you're fucked basically. Yeah. So 
lots of other studios and game developers have stepped up in the San Francisco area. Like they've been, I've seen a whole bunch of tweets over the weekend. Like Ubisoft is like during the, later on this week is doing like a whole like they like a pretty much like a mixer like on a rooftop bar where they're like come have dinner with us and let's talk about it. And like you know like, they, they pretty much told all the Telltale people it's like a huge like job fair they're essentially doing you know to try to help them out. There's some very talented people that lost their jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And you hear about like. So you remember at the point where they had, at the same time, Game of Thrones, Tales of the Borderlands, Walking Dead, and a Minecraft all at the same time. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, like they had like four or five... Batman. Yeah, they had like four or five games at the same time, and it sounds like the employees there were just so overworked during that time, going from one crunch to the other. And then that explains so much about just like those delays between episodes, because there was months between episodes... And it just yeah. sounds like they were bleeding money at a certain point, which has to be like their games sell well. But I wonder if over time they just got burnt. They they burnt their customer base with the long delays between episodes. So well, more and more information them. comes out. Like as like you 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 had mentioned, like all those marquee licenses that they purchased weren't cheap. Yeah. I, we know that they they couldn't have been cheap. And then like it's like some of the stuff I've been seeing, like Batman apparently like tanked. Like it just did not do well. Yeah. Nothing has done as well as Walking Dead season one. Everything has been that was their pinnacle. I thought Minecraft story mode was. I I, I, was I like thought that I read one. something that they just that, that they said nothing had the success of Walking Dead season one. Keep in mind they released Walking Dead season one on every system and it, and its mother system. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um. You know, but you know, it's like obviously the Batman license wasn't cheap, and then if the game that you know, like I, I have it, and I haven't even finished it, and I bought season two because when I pre-ordered season two, I got season one for free. So they were trying to do a ton of stuff to obviously you know build things up, and then it also sounds like that they were they were in negotiation with somebody else to make an investment in the studio, and that fell through, and that was like the straw that broke the camel's back for them like that that's that funding fell through that was like okay we're done yeah yeah well and all right so the sixth axis uh said um they were talking about the potential backer and they said now this this you have to kind of read between the lines there it has also been revealed that telltale has sold 50 million episodes of the walking dead game. That's a surprisingly high number for a company that was losing money, but their other big games were not huge hits, but read that exact sentence, 50 million episodes of the walking dead, five episodes per season. It's there were, I I figured out the numbers. There were over all the different seasons of the walking dead and everything they've done up to these last two. uh, It was, I think, 20 episodes or so total and if you break that down that's like saying they sold 2.5 million to 2.5 million people really they didn't actually sell 50 million copies of the walking dead they sold 2.5 million copies of the walking Walking dead Dead season one those all of it yeah those aren't terrible figures if that's the entire walking dead franchise that's a concerning number yeah yeah it's a definitely concerning number especially when you know they're five dollars an episode that you know a chunk of that is being split with the license like dave mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier those licenses weren't cheap that disney license just to do 
Guardians probably favored Disney more than it favored. Uh, well, what do you think Telltale. the Batman one was? <laughs> yeah, no, and the Batman one with DC, the Minecraft one with Mo- Mojan, and then eventually Microsoft. Like, well, th- yeah. this also just shows you that critically, critically, I can't think of the word critically well reviewed games. Yeah, critically acclaimed games. People were saying that Tales from the Borderlands is probably the best thing that they ever did. I've been hearing that more and more lately, and I've, I've only I liked Borderland, <laughs> Borderland enough yeah. to do it. So I mean, I think that it, they, that was even a plus title, and I for a free plus title, and I haven't played it yet either. And that what I've played of the Batman games, like they're really good. Like the story that they, they were telling in Batman of the direction they took of Batman was it was really good. But yeah, it it can't it, obviously it just it, the return on investment wasn't enough. Yeah, and the the company culture and the way they were just driving these people into the ground and they were completely overworked. It explains why it was always so buggy. There were always they they never were able to fix all just the bugs out, in these out, games. Get it done. Get it done. Get it done. It's yeah. it's such a shame. I mean, it, I was shocked even a couple of months ago when they said they're doing Wolf Among Us season two. I was like, really? Like, did the yeah. first one sell that? I mean, it's. That's not a. I don't under. I don't know the crossover between gamers and the Fables series, and I I like Fables and I uh, like that too. series. I you know, but I don't know that there were really enough gamers and enough crossover there that would be buying that game to justify like a second season of it. I was well, like, and especially, right. especially when you're shooting at that precise of a target though. Like yeah. it's not even like it's a broader new IP where they're trying to tell a new story of something like that. Like we're going after Batman fans that, that play video games and like episodic games. We're going after fable fans that play video games and like episodic games, you know, like they struck yeah. walking dead. Like they, they, those were t- two things that merged together really well. When the show was at its like all time ridiculous high of being yep. to the point of where yep. like people would like have social media fights if you posted during The Walking Dead on Facebook or Twitter <laughs> about it, you know, like years ago. To where like now, like then they brought a video game out and it was like at the at the peak, and then the valley is devastating. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, so let's get into those right? questions. Hold on, there's just then... a couple things, uh, some updates. Um, just last week, uh, Telltale published uh, a game from the Burnout devs that came out, uh, which is just kind of sad. The some Burnout devs, you know, they got out of, under EA, they signed up with Telltale, and publishing arm went down. Um, Iron Galaxy Studios was working on a Telltale game, Seven Days to Die, for consoles. Mm. And that now sounds like it's canceled on hold. It was announced a year ago, so they were porting it a year ago. They're probably getting close to finishing it. That is now in limbo, according to Iron Galaxy. They have like no idea on if they are going to be allowed to finish it or not to bring it to consoles. Mm. And even if they do, who gets paid? Because um, I think this is going to be a straight-up bankruptcy by Telltale, so that makes it all sorts of muddy in terms of like if they release a game what happens um netflix is going to do the stranger things things uh stranger things game still but they took it away from telltale obviously and are just going to find another developer to either start on it again or to finish whatever telltale started to work on so it Mm. sounds like this is still a like crazy 
journey that yeah. we're going to see with these games. And then uh, The Walking Dead, I mentioned earlier, they tell what's left of Telltale, the 25 employees, are looking to sell off uh, The Walking Dead the rest of the season, season or episodes three, four, and five to try and find a home yeah. for that. But that also I, gets muddy because, like, dude, you sell it and then, like, give some call the team that was fired to come back to work on it. Like, I don't even know how that that would work. Um, is that is this last season supposed to be the final season? Yeah, five. Yeah. No, it, no. I'm saying, is it supposed to oh, be four episodes. five episodes? Because I thought it was four. It's four. Yeah. So okay. two episodes. So episodes three and four, which aren't even made yet. They need to find a development studio now to make them. But like, who is going to do what publisher? Who's going to try to yeah. pick, who's going to try to pick up that that you know that inspiration and 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 make it connect? <laughs> yeah, you know what you know what sucks is that I mean it'll it'll be a conclusion, but it'll probably come out as like a graphic novel or something. Like here's there's, here's there's, what the last two episodes were going to be. There's been a lot of pressure you know? on social media for the the guy that does The Walking Dead, um, to Kirkland? put yeah to put Clementine in the show. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot of pressure for that. Well, there was. I mean, it's set in the same universe because li- literally the same universe. Because in the first season, Glenn is there. Yeah, briefly, and he and he's like, "Okay, I'm. You guys do your thing. I'm heading off to Atlanta." And yeah. you're like, "Oh shit! All right, cool." Yeah, I mean, you know, so they yeah. they have that crossover there, and he's he, and he's been involved in the in the process with the game since the with Telltale since they've been doing it. Um, yeah. So like there, you know, but there's been a lot of pressure. I've got a like a, a handful of game of uh, friends that I play games with that are huge Walking Dead fans. So, um, but Michael, we got a couple questions about this, right? Um. Yeah, I don't have them pulled up, but let me uh, pull that up real quick. Uh, well, one one of the story. one of them was um, I think to pretty much to the extent, and maybe you can give credit to whoever sent it. But um, and I kind of agree with this. Like, do we think this is the end of episodic gaming? Uh. Josh, mm-hmm. what do you think? I'm pulling this up. It's who else has been doing episodic gaming besides them? Life is strange. I mean, right? yeah, life is strange. So square with don't nod. But even even don't nod. Even the new one isn't that like one or two episodes now? Three, I two? think. Three is it three? Okay, I think it, See, it might be two, but it could. Uh, I think it's three. Everybody's starting to cut back, like that King's Quest, which we were so excited about. You know, I played the first episode, and then it took nearly a year for the second episode to come out it's like what the fuck's the point you know um (laughs) there is another episodic game the council the council that's oh yeah yeah. that's happening right now yeah 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 yeah. um and then i mean hitman went from episodic to just a full game because that didn't work out it It worked out critically but it didn't work out financially (laughs) um i i i think like to an extreme, I think it is the death of episodic games. And I guess what I will more classify it as is maybe not the complete death of where you'll see things come out in parts, but I think this is the end of like seeing something on a shelf that's like a season pass of purchasing something that's not out yet. Or a big series like yeah. that. They, the, Telltale was, I mean, they were the, they were the end-all be-all, really, because they had these huge licenses and they were putting out so many of them back to back to back to back and, and concurrently and uh, yeah yeah and and that's i mean if you look at it batman clearly 
they had something written into the contract that you must have these episodes out by this date or I'm sure they were going to lose a lot of money because you could see the Batman episodes were hitting on time, like, on schedule on. Yeah. They were hitting faster than any other series ever hit for telltale. Yeah. It was insane. Um, I so I mean, like that's why the disc thing happened. Yeah. They were you, just like, we need to have a product on the shelf for you to keep this license. And they were just like, okay, here's, yeah, it's, it's like looking back at it, you can see all, you can see hints of what was going on just in, in the way they marketed things and the way they, they sold things and the way they actually either got them out on time or did not, you know, but I, I just don't see this as being a big thing. I, I I don't know how other people feel about it, but we've talked about this where I play the first episode and I really love it. And I'm like, Oh shit. Now I got to wait for a month, two months, six months, who knows? And I go off and play other things. And by the time the second episode comes out, I don't even know where I was in the first one. And I don't feel like going back and starting it over again. And at that point I just don't give a shit and I just kind of lose interest. Yeah, I, uh, I, I try to wait until the whole thing is out. And at that point, you know, just give me a full game. Yeah, no, I same thing happens. Like Life is Strange, they tend to be a little bit better at the episodes. Mm-hmm. But the last season was really hard to review just because, you know, that month gap. You know, you get, yeah. you get busy and then you're just like, I don't remember what happened. Uh, yeah. And it just turns into a mess. Well, and then they, they released a bonus episode like four months later. And I had completely forgotten that a bonus episode was coming out. You know, it's... it's well, it's, that it's, was, it's the same thing, too. Like, so we found out about Batman and, it, and like, episode one came out. I'm going to get the dates and the months wrong. But episode one came out in April. And then episode two came out in June. And three came out in August. And four came out in, no, in October. And five came out in December. Like, why not just release the whole thing in January? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because money, you need that money coming in to actually well, pay the people really to get the product out. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly it didn't. They were, they were dragging by by the skin of their teeth and, you know, it, it caught up with them. But I think if we would have um, talked two weeks ago about studios that possibly that we could have listed studios that we think that are in trouble, I don't think any of us would have said Telltale. Yeah, because the license money, we thought they were doing well, yeah. like, but... No, well, it's uh, uh, with their with their announcements that hey, we're doing. It was almost like a fuck you, wolf, uh, wolf among us too. Like what? All right, they must be doing really well if they're pulling wolf among us too yeah. out of their ass. Or if they're they're standing in front of you and announcing four games. Like obviously they're doing. They got to be doing something good. Or, yeah. But now the hindsight is like well, we've just got to keep throwing stuff at the wall and hope something sticks. <laughs> yeah, it was. We need these. We need these four games to be able to pay everybody. You know. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, like what you were saying, Michael, with the with losing track of things, that that was my biggest problem with The Walking Dead, and that's why I kind of fell off of that. I have all of them. I I didn't get this latest season. I don't know. Good thing. I don't know if I got the last season. Maybe I did or didn't. <clears throat> but my biggest problem was that you know, they well, they used to come out on the PS4 and the Vita, and I would play one way on the PS4 and play another way on the Vita, you know, choice wise. And by the time like the second episode would come out, I'd completely forget what I was doing, even though it gives you kind of a a brief overview. 
it doesn't give you enough of wait did i make the evil choice there or did i make the the nice choice or where the where am i in this game i don't even remember at this point that was the biggest frustration with it so i i don't know i i i was just happier when it was a full game you know i'd just wait until then and usually by then i forgot the game even existed unfortunately i just think episodic is going to be a a cringeworthy word for a couple of years in the gaming industry yeah or at least the way telltale handled it telltale kind of made it a stigma in terms of just like yeah this is episodic but who knows when the episodes are coming out it was very poorly managed yeah the game of thrones one i think had the longest gap between episodes it was like a crazy ridiculous oh yeah three four month gap maybe longer it was more than that. Yeah, because they, yeah, because we were talking about, because like episode six, I'm like, is episode six ever coming out? Yeah. I, I think it was, that was six episodes, wasn't it? It was either five or six, but yeah, the last episode took forever to come out. Like it was a ridiculous amount of time to where you were just like, what's going on with this? So like they, they've kind of probably put a stigma like on episodic games there's going to be a dark shadow over episodic gaming for a while because of the way telltale handled things and that's no offense to the people working there they were all overworked working 70 to 80 hours in some cases i read just to get one game and as soon as they were done like that most studios after they ship a game there's some downtime yeah. Before they work on the next game. Corey Barlog has been on vacation for the last five months. Yeah. And he'll go into crunch time in a couple months when they're getting ready for the next God of War. <laughs> Telltale, it sounds like because they were managing so many licenses at one time, that 70, hour, 70 to 80 hour a week never stopped. You were constantly just jumping from like, oh, okay, I'm working on Game of Thrones. Okay, now I'm working on Batman. Oh, now I'm working on Tales from the Borderline. Oh, we need to finish this season of this game. Like, so like... Uh, I mean, people that work there, like, like you guys didn't uh, great work. I'm sorry about the conditions you guys are working now. Can any, is there any other, um, game that any of us can think of that announced content and loud and allowed people to pay for that content? And then it never came out. Afro Samurai was episodic. The first episode was bad. It's actually got the lowest score on PS nation from me. Uh, I think it's like, cause I gave it a two and apparently that is the lowest review score anyone's given. Um, that was canceled after episode one and they pulled the license. They actually took my license away from me. So I can't even download the game anymore. But what, so what, what, that, what, that, what, what uh, I'm sorry. At that time, what was available on the store? Was the season pass available on the store or was it just yes. episode one? No season pass. And it was like a $30 season pass for three episodes. And what did they do? They actually, Sony stepped in and refunded okay. everybody. Like, even if you only bought episode one, you were refunded because it was that bad. So, so if you want to if you want to go back to like gaps between episodes, the wolf among us from episode one to episode two, five months. Was, yeah, it was four, four months in a week. And Game of Thrones from episode five to episode six was the same thing. Four months in a week. Um, that's insane. That's absolutely yeah. insane, and 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 King's Quest was the same way. I King's Quest, about that. <laughs> King's Quest took freaking forever to get to those well? last. 
No, 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 uh, no, no. I, was no. I remember Keith had to review it, and he was like upset. Like that was like a long. The deal tell us how long. It was. <clears throat> yeah, uh, it was. I'll, I'll look it up if you guys want to keep talking. But I, I remember because I had it, and I was like, "Where are they ever releasing these things? What is going on here?" Yeah. Um, they, that was insane, and so, that was the odd gentleman who did that one. Uh, but, go ahead. We had another question related. Uh, Sean was the one that brought up the is episodic gaming in trouble. And then we had. Oh, if it was Sean, he doesn't need any credit. So. Yeah, that's why I didn't say the last name. It could have been any Sean. Uh, <laughs> then we have Scott on Facebook. Uh, I just really want to know if they or someone else will fi- uh, finish final season of Walking Dead. I planned on waiting until the inevitable Halloween sale to pick it up. Now I'll be taking the Josh route of waiting until it's out completely. <laughs> you probably won't get a chance to just, wait it out. Just hope THQ Nordic has some more deep pockets somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, for King's Quest, um, this is the King's Quest series that was released by The Odd Gentleman, and this was from... The first one was July 2015. The next one was December 2015. That's ridiculous. And I'm not- so that's five months right there. Then April 2016, so there's another four-month gap. Then another five-month gap to September. And then one month to October. And then a couple months to December was the epilogue. And, and, um, but fuck. And, I, and I'm <laughs> yeah. not trying to criticize like, game development because I, I, I don't even have a basic understanding of it. But most of these episodes are like two hours, maybe three hours. And they're taking six months to make them. You know, you, you, you hear about a game, you know, like Journey or something like that, that it's three hours long and it didn't take, it took a year maybe, you know, like, but I mean, and the, it's taking these people, you know, like, and I know I, the Walking Dead stuff, I can't even imagine that because you've heard like different writers are writing different episodes and people are trying to build it around. Like they're literally writing and animating at the same time. Yeah. Which I never understood why Telltale, obviously I, I have a feeling now we know might've been some poor management that they never thought of just making the game and then releasing it episodic after they were done developing it. Like you mentioned, it seemed like they were writing and animating at the same time, like in those gaps. Yeah, I think that I think that you could have like like you said, if you if you developed it and then released it, that you could have had like hit the hype train like so hard, like where people are like, oh, episode one was amazing. I can't wait for episode two. Guess what? It's next week. Yeah, or at least buy yourself a little bit of time, like develop like the first two episodes right away, and then you'll have that time to develop the rest, you know, something. Yeah, no. so... Go on. Well, with King's Quest, the, the biggest problem with that, and I I kind of remember this from, from E3, but I was just digging in to see what I could find. The script for the first chapter was 640 pages long and had all kinds of you know different endings and things like that branching paths branching narrative and things like that um and all kinds of crazy dialogue trees that was their biggest downfall that these guys they were huge fans of the king's quest series and they had these ideas they didn't have the money to you know build an entire game all at once so they thought well let's do the episodic route and 
they were overwhelmed by it. They were not a big studio, and this was their biggest downfall because each chapter got even more complex, and that's why it was taking them so long to get through these damn things. It took them a year and a half to release the entire game. You know, which is crazy. At the, by the time the final episodes came out, I was like, wait, that, I thought that came out, I thought that was finished already. They're still releasing episodes? It's, it's insanity that, you know, they saw it as, as a way out because they didn't have the money for it. Um, but it, it hurt them in the long run. I, I, I really believe it hurt them in the long run. They did eventually do a full season disc, which I think included everything and the epilogue. Um, unlike Telltale, who was, you know, releases their discs right before episode one comes out to try to fund the rest of the the proceedings. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's crazy. All right. I think we've beaten that into the ground. Yeah, I knew it was going to be a topic of discussion, though, for a while, because, like, that's, yeah. you know, something that, yeah, that's been controversial for years since they started doing episodic stuff. So, all right, yeah. reviews that hit the site this week, Josh. Okay, so my Shadow of the Tomb Raider review went up. Uh, it was pretty good. <laughs> then uh, Brock put up The Gardens Between, one of our new writers, um, who... Should be doing news at some point as well. Um, but he's doing reviews for the moment because we are kind of slammed. But you can be like Brock uh, too and you could write for us. <laughs> yeah, you could. Um, so The Gardens Between, which is rated E, that was uh, it's a pretty cool game. It's a pretty cool looking game. Neat concept. Um, then Andy wrote up Little Dragon's Cafe, which was that adorable uh, kind of RPG light sort of thing where you're raising a dragon and running a cafe while your mom is sick. There's best of um, E3s. So. Yeah, which it's funny. Read the review. <laughs> um, Cause no, it's, and, and he points it out. We both kind of felt walking out there out of there. You know, I hope this isn't what happens and it is kind of what happened that what we saw in that little slice was adorable and wonderful and it was a great game, but it's a lot of that over and over mm. again. It gets repetitive, you know, and there isn't a whole lot more to the game beyond that. And as adorable and fun as it is, it can kind of drag a bit, mm. um, but it's still a really cute game, really neat game and fun and, and worth checking out. I mean, I'd, I'd read his review um, because I have it too, and I, I like the game a lot. Uh, then we have uh, Ray did a review for Bow to Blood, uh, which is PlayStation VR title, and my review of Pro Evolution Soccer 2019 went up. Oh, crap. I guess I should review that like on the podcast, huh? Maybe. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. I could do that tonight. Um, yeah, okay. So that's all that went up on the site. Right, well, I should just go ahead and tell us about Pez. Wow. Okay. Give me a second here. <laughs> Let me pull up the review. Or, I mean, we can, we can move it. I mean, if you want memories. to. We can do what we're playing and watching if you want real quick. And you can go last and do the review at the same time. Um. Sure. Let's do that. Okay. 
Uh, Michael, you're on vacation, so yours probably isn't very long. Why don't you go? So right before I went on vacation, I got one... I, I think it, I, I played Call of Duty Blackout one time before I got to go, go to Disneyland, so played that, got another win. Beta's over. They got it up to 100 players before the beta ended, which was nice. Uh, played Overcooked 2 on the Switch with uh, my girlfriend Ooh. on the plane, uh, which was fun to, to play that. Just, you know, Switch on the plane is actually fantastic. So, that's, so you each had your own little waggle wand and you were going nuts? Yeah, just like the Overwatch only uses like two or three buttons. So the nice. Joy-Cons were perfect for for that he's got like, he's got overwatch on, he's got overwatch on the brain overwatch doesn't run on the switch oh uh, yeah. if it did though it did. <laughs> i would pay i would pay for that uh united uh, uh wi-fi uh, but overcooked too i kind of want to buy it on a ps4 now just because even though i could just hook up the switch to my tv but i'd have to take the dock out of the box and who's gonna do that just sell that damn dock you could get a lot of money for it i could yeah it's actually not a bad idea they're like 90 bucks in the store but i picked up i picked them up in the toys r us fire sale and i got them cheap man they just have them everywhere uh overcooked 2 on the switch is fantastic um but that's really all i played just because um i was at disneyland for a couple of days last week uh, first time going to Disneyland, uh, we went on the Mickey's Halloween party day, which is cool because it's, um, you can only get in the park at three o'clock, but you can go from Disney California Adventure to Disneyland. It's like a park hopper ticket. But when the Halloween party starts at six o'clock, they kick out anyone that doesn't have a Halloween ticket out of the park. So the... Hmm. Attendance at the park goes from like 50,000 to 15,000. And you basically have free roam of the whole park with no lines for any of the rides. That's cool. Indiana Jones was usually like, uh, before the party was like 45 minutes to an hour. We just got to walk right up to the Indiana Jones ride and got the right, basically just walk straight to Pirates of the Caribbean. Basically every ride you can think of, you just walk straight to no lines, nothing. And uh, the only line there was was Haunted Mansion because it's specifically made for the Halloween event to be Nightmare Before Christmas. So I was like the only one you had to wait in line for, and it was only like a half hour wait. Uh, The day that we went that wasn't Halloween, the wait for that was like 120 minutes. So Wow. If you are going to go to Disneyland, go and buy the Halloween ticket, which is actually cheaper than a regular ticket. And the park's open later. Yeah, it's like $10, $20 cheaper. You can only Jeez. get in at 3 o'clock, so you can't get in there at 8 in the morning. Mm. But you have, like, <laughs> four you'd spend You'd get two rides in if you got there at 8 in the morning to 3 p.m. Yeah, basically. No, because we went to a non-regular day, and before mm-hmm. 3 o'clock hit, we only got into two, two, two or three rides. See? And, <laughs> I was right. <laughs> yeah. And during the Halloween party, uh, once they kicked all the people that didn't have the tickets out, from 6 o'clock to 11 no lines for any of the rides just we got into every single ride we wanted to get into that was open and available uh Hmm. and then they do um uh we learned that if you hop on a ride a minute before closing they won't tell you to leave the park they'll just let you get on that ride so we got on small world a minute before the park was going to (laughs) close because that's like a long ride and when we uh got on the small world 
and got out of the park, the park was completely empty. There was just the janitors cleaning up and they didn't give a <laughs> fuck that we were still there. So we got to walk around and do all the photo ops we wanted to do earlier in the day with no crowd That's like funny. jumping in between. So it was, it was just really cool to do all that. And uh, it's the Halloween event, so they had a specific Halloween fireworks show that they only do for those nights, a Halloween parade they only do for those nights. And they have uh, candy trails for trick-or-treating um, set up all around the park. So some of the rides that were shut down, they would actually let you walk through the rides, and there will be people passing out candy in the shutdown ride. So hmm. you can like see like a couple of the rides with all the lights on, and you're just getting candy. So it's like it's a it's a really cool event. It was it was definitely like the way I wanted to experience Disney. Because going from like fifty thousand people to like fifteen thousand was really nice in terms yeah. of avoiding lines. Uh, but then as soon as I got back, I had to move uh, to a different floor in my building, and that's been a process. And I've been without internet for two days. This is the first time I've been on internet, and I'm using it to talk to you guys. So Yay. yeah, yeah, I really want to play Overwatch, uh, but, <laughs> but that's it for uh, playing and watching. I'm gonna have a lot of stuff next week because <laughs> I have a bunch of reviews that yeah. um, I got a bunch of codes for. So yeah, I think next week might be review of Palooza for all of us. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, for me, I caught up on just watching wise. I caught up. Um, my wife and I keep watching more Flash. We kind of been watching three or four episodes at a time getting through that season and then we'll kind of double back for arrow again like just what they're building is just is interesting and i'm like i want to watch another one she's like it's 11 30 at night i'm like i don't care <laughs> so she's she makes me she makes me be a, a correct adult most of the time except for when she falls asleep and i'm still playing video games so <laughs> yeah flash was a good season yeah um and then, like, I know of our, some of our other shows that we've been watching, like The Resident came back this week and things like that. So I'm sure that we'll talk about some of those. Um, and then I do have, like, the DirecTV now. I've been using that, and that's been pretty successful. Fun fact, my son can watch DirecTV now in his dormitory in Kentucky on our account. So <laughs> that's a, a big that's benefit. Stuff. Yep, because his dorm doesn't have cable. So <laughs> Good internet, but no cable. So you can watch the lions suffer, you know, from Kentucky <laughs> as well. Um, and then, um, I, I took a break for a couple of days from it. I kind of took a break from, uh, from gaming for a couple of, a couple of days. Um, only like two, but, uh, I kind of went back to destiny and got through the first encounter of the raid. Uh, one of six encounters in the raid was able to get myself to a high enough level point. Um, and I'm going to start finalizing the review this week and I should be able to give a brief review next week. I won't babble on about it and I'll have a pretty long written review. Um, but I've talked about it enough on the podcast in general, but today is Tuesday, um, September 25th, I think. Yeah. Something like that. And then, um, so this was the, the week three of the, um, the dreaming city, uh, September today's Wednesday. It's not even Tuesday. So no, it's Wednesday now. Boy, Never just, mind. Yeah, just turn to Wednesday. Yeah, forget it. I'm tired. <laughs> uh, recording on a Tuesday night. So the game Destiny res- the the point is Destiny resets at 1 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday. Um, and this was week three of the raid being completed and the the end game content of Dreaming City evolving. And um, there's another. There was a hidden dungeon that was discovered. Um, that I, I went into today a little bit and dabbled and things like that. The 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 long story that they're telling. Um, I feel like I'm almost done with the campaign, but at the same time, they've been kind of slowly 
spoon feeding it out one week at a time and things like that. So like what they're trying to tell and how this three week rotation of the Dreaming City is going to work is very interesting. I do have a very serious problem with the game's delta scaling and how they're doing with the how you level up and the content you're in. Um, so I already, you guys have already heard me say my problems with the raid with starting at you know at 560 power and then ending at 580 power. Um, this dungeon that we went into that we got through about the first half of is a 590 power dungeon. <laughs> so this is actually harder content in terms of what you're the damage output you're doing and what you're putting in this is actually harder content than the raid um not necessarily as long but again i'm 361 and i've played an an embarrassing amount of hours of this game and there's content in the game that i still can't do do you think that's a problem though i don't other than the fact that as long as like if next week goes back to week one and the stuff that they in, in terms of week one of how the dreaming city rotation works as long as that everything that was offered in week one is offered again to the players that maybe weren't strong enough to do it at the time when it was available and then same thing would go for week two and then go for week three three weeks down the road um but if they if you just straight up miss content because you haven't powered through this game and no life to this game to be at a high enough level that sucks it sounds like it sucks for Bungie because either choice they make, there's going to be people bitching on the internet. Yeah. It's like, why aren't you doing newer stuff or why are, you know, why didn't you redo that stuff? So that's going to be interesting yeah, to see what they do. And I've said it before, like they're, they're in a that we can't win scenario. And when Destiny 2 first came out, people were saying it's too easy to get exotics and it's too easy to level yourself all the way up. And I am not saying that I want to, you know, I'm saying that there needs to be a happy median, but now it's it's really hard to level up. There are people that pl- will play the game for three, four, five hours a night and only go up one power level. And there's somebody like me that maybe like on a Monday night when I played, uh, you know, three or four hours and I went up six levels because I got the right drops at the right time at the right level. You know, so it's like, and that's that's part of a random number generation game that you're going to have your good days, you're going to have your bad days, you're going to have your great nights, you're going to have your, you know, but like when, you know, Destiny 2 first came out, like everybody was saying, the exotics are too easy to get and you're just handing them out like candy and they're like, they're and they're not even cool and, you know, and now like exotics are very hard to get and people are like, this is bullshit, why don't I have my exotics? And it's like, <laughs> really? <laughs> like, play the game, enjoy the game. You know, like, and there's all these perks and things like there's, there, there is a huge long-term, it appears very long-term content of looking at your armor, building out specific armor that's going to reload scout rifles faster or have better pulse rifle ammo consumption and, you know, things like that, like where you can really have a, have a strong build in your game that, that, you know, like your armor is built around your weapons or built around your subclass and stuff like that. And the way the new subclasses like synergize with each other and everything like that is really cool. Like it was really fun to, to work on the raid at a high enough level of light and have a warlock put down his radiance well, which is this huge circle that gives you a, a healing buff and a damage buff, and have the titan pop his weapons a light shield, which is a damage buff, and you know having the perk of the ability of you don't have to reload your weapons as long as you're standing in the warlock well, shooting through the weapons of light and just burning the boss, like just watching her health bar go down in chunks, huge large chunks, because everybody's doing, you know, all six of you are doing the right thing at the right time, getting the right buffs. Like, that's where Destiny shines and stuff like that. And that's where it's so much fun. But, you know, the hindsight is that, you know, you get one solid drop for every, you know, six or eight, you know, things. So Yeah. So it sounds like you have issues with it, but it's not, like, 
you you've never been the type that like throws a fit over this destiny stuff like the the people on twitter and facebook usually are uh, but you also use it as a, a chat room so yeah. you definitely get enjoyment just from the chat room yeah. aspect so just interacting with the community and things like that but like i said before like and i didn't really get a lot of feedback on it but you know my wife says that i should do it as well because she thought i really did them and but my wife thinks everything i do is good mostly um you know the the video, the tips videos are I, I think are definitely something that you know things to look out for, weapons to look out for, you know ways to be, double dip and, and circumvent your time and things like that. But I don't know if I have enough time to do them or not. I have a desire to do videos and maybe I'll just send all the stuff to Josh and he can edit it for me since he learned how to edit so many videos. <laughs> yeah, but um, I will do an official scored review for Destiny next week. Um, what? Pen, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and and for those of you that are annoyed or tired of me talking about Destiny, like I'm sorry, but it's it's a game that that requires a lot of time. It's a game that I truly enjoy, and like Michael said, like it for me, it's 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 like watching my favorite TV show. It's like coming home from school every day and having you know Darkwing Duck be on TV or whatever. Like you you come home and you want to watch it, and I you know today I was at work and the game reset and all the stuff that was happening, and I was like I just want to go home and play the game. Like I want to I, I just want to play. So. And and also it's your the community aspect's huge for you because you have your group that you play with and that's probably like the only time you talk to all of them sometimes. Yeah, it's you know? it's you know like they, they've talked about it before, but if you ever hear like some of the the really the the people that are developing Destiny, they're like we want to be you know Friday night poker night, and I I think that they've done it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I will have other stuff to, you know, like I said, I'll review Mega Man next week. Um, Josh and I, Josh and I will be talking about Creed Rise to Glory next week. Hopefully we get to punch each other yeah. in virtual reality. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to work that out. Um, I, you know, and we still have to play Firewall Zero Hour together. Um, you know, we've got, you know, we've got a lot of stuff that we've got to cover, a lot of things that are, you know, coming in the pipeline. So, um, that's it for me. So. Okay. Uh, I actually played Candleman. Which was pretty cool. What is that? Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> you guys don't remember that? That that that's the little sentient candle. That's the, the little Pierre from Beauty ha- and the Beast, almost burned say. out candle that seems to be running around in this dark place, platforming, and it's it was like a darling. It was one of the darlings of E three or one of those when when a video came up, a trailer came up, and everybody was like, "Ooh, this looks amazing!" And was that like the trailer that was being played while we were being shuttled from station to station at the PlayStation conference? No, I don't. I don't remember when this was, but <laughs> I remember it being, you know, buzz, the big buzz. Um, I'm gonna try to write up a review of it at some point. It's a neat little puzzle platformer type game where you're a candle. Uh, That's a man. Basically, you're yeah. Well, you've got legs <laughs> instead of the instead of the the basic uh, candle holder um, or candelabra, as it were. Uh, it's not one of those big things, but it's it's an interesting idea. Like from the videos, I thought I remembered he's always got his light lit but that's not the way it works. You just have like the glowing ember at the top of the wick and you're walking around in the dark and you hit a button to flare the flame up a little bit. But each time you do that, you lose some wax. So you can only do it a couple times, a certain amount of times for each level before you basically die. 
Um, so there's a, there's a lot of puzzly aspects to it and it's kind of a neat little story. Um, but I'll dig more into that later. Um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, obviously, I was playing that some more. Um, a bunch of things off the Atari Classic, Zoe was making me play, forcing me to, really. Um, <laughs> Operation Warcade, I'm going to review tonight, actually, too. I forgot about that. Um, that was the one that's VR only, and you're playing like a VR like gun game or just like a gun game in the old arcades and at points you get thrown into the machine um, and transference, which I played about half of it and it's a pretty cool, freaky kind of experience in VR. That's, that's one of those experience type things there. There are a lot of puzzles in it. You're it's, it's hard to describe. I I don't really want to, get too deep into it because it's really hard to describe without spoiling things it's gonna be another Um, one of those games that josh reviews like it's really cool you should play it because of reasons yeah i need to i need to kind of gather my thoughts on it and find a good way of explaining it without really ruining anything um but it's it has some really good scares in it too um it's not vr as well right no yes is it? it? Is. Yeah. It's probably not. It's, it's probably not as cool, is. but it it, it yeah. can work in both. Oh my gosh! Okay. Yeah, I'm curious how if it works non VR. It works oh. non VR. I'm curious how that plays. Cool, Michael. You just gave him more work to do when he audio reviews yeah. the game. No, well, that's making me think. I'm I'm gonna have to try it. Yeah. I, I'm oh. curious to, to see how that works out. I don't know. There's uh, my brain is messed up with all these different games. Um. <laughs> Okay. There's more coming it too, is. Josh. It ain't getting no better. I know. <laughs> I know. It really is. I can't keep things straight. Okay. So the other thing that's been going on, um, and I will tweet pictures maybe by the time this episode comes out. Uh, I went to visit Arcade One Up in New York City. These are the guys. Well, Tastemakers um, is the company, uh, and the product is Arcade One Up. And I've saw them at E3. They, they're the ones that are making the uh, smaller scale arcade machines that are as authentic as they can possibly be at a smaller scale. Uh, they have the control decks that are full-on arcade buttons and joysticks and trackballs, um, uh, dial for Tempest and things like that. Uh, I saw a lot of stuff in that office that I probably wasn't supposed to see. I did sign an NDA and all I can say is there's some really cool stuff coming (laughs) over the next year and a half, two years um, that they have planned out. So make them successful on this run so we can get another run. Yeah, seriously. If, If there's something out there that is not in this current crop that you're looking for, there's buy hope. something <laughs> yeah there's hope have faith um because man some of the licenses they they have or that they're trying to get and and some of the other products that they're looking at putting out are just exciting very very exciting that's all i can say I, you know how I you bought really... last of us because naughty dog made it just you know and and you wanted yeah. it to be successful have faith in a company yeah support somebody because you want them to do something that you really want them to do yeah 
So like I was blown away by this product at, at E3. I, I talked about it a lot. I wrote it up and I hit it off really well with the CEO. We're about the same age. He's about a year older than me. And we had all those shared experiences of growing up with arcades, like the start of arcades. We're that old. Um, yes, you are. I, we, well, I, I was born in 1970, you know, so I saw we would go down the shore every year and the arcade quote unquote arcades on the boardwalk were skee ball and, things like that, very mechanical type games and pinball. And, and that, that's about all you got. And I'll never forget the one summer we went down and the arcades were lined with space invaders cabinets. And that was it. Just space invaders cabinets were everywhere. And there were lines 10, 12, 15 people deep on every single cabinet in the arcade. And there were 40, 50 cabinets of Space Invaders in these arcades. It was unlike anything anybody had ever seen. And then coming back the next year and seeing it grow and grow and grow. So all these games... I remember my first experience with all these games and all the experiences I had with them and all the time I spent with them as a kid. And it really tugs at that nostalgia. And, you know, I own all these several times over in collections on the PS2 and PS3 and PS4 and and all these different systems that have come out and all the different ways they've re-released these games. But a lot of them, like Tempest, which I was talking about a few weeks ago, it doesn't quite translate to a home console because of the controls. That's a big, big problem. Arcade went up. Okay, Tastemakers sent me the four machines that are coming out, the four core machines that are coming out. Uh, three of them are currently, as we speak, set up and running. Uh, the fourth one, Street Fighter, I'm going to build tomorrow and do a whole video on it. Um, so the one machine and, and the way they did it, uh, each machine has a marquee title. And that's the one that gets the marquee on the machine, gets the side of the cabinet and everything. And it's the top title. The control deck is the exact control deck for that game from the arcade so it looks identical to it and and all the buttons and and everything are there so that the first one is asteroids and that's the marquee title but it also has the dial on it that's the one you know sacrifice they made because they added tempest to that machine so this one is asteroids major havoc lunar lander and tempest uh all kind of vector graphics type games um the Second one was Centipede, Missile Command, Crystal Castles, and Millipede, all trackball or rollerball type games. Uh, those two came fully assembled. Um, I guess they did that, you know, for people reviewing. It's just easier. It's there, and you just plug it in and go, and you're all good. Uh, I, I did request if they sent anything to me that. I would get something that was unassembled because I did want to be able to put it together and see what it was like and see where the 
any issues might be or any kind of tricks or anything might be or any problems. And I did the Rampage machine, the one that's Rampage, Gauntlet, Joust, and Defender. That's the one I want so bad. Like, it's, I want a Rampage machine so bad. It's pretty awesome. Know, <laughs> it's like, pretty I, awesome. I was playing most of the day with my daughter, um, and she was she was way into Centipede. She loved Centipede. Um, played Rampage for a little bit, but she thought it was too hard, and she was really having fun with Centipede. So I'm I'm trying to get the kids to take that Rampage machine up to the playroom because I only have room for three down here, and I have four machines. Um, I was like, take Rampage because it's got three joysticks on it, and you can play at the same time. You can play Rampage together. You can play Gauntlet together. You can play Joust together, you know? That's the one you should take, and they're kind of leaning towards that centipede machine, <laughs> um, which is fine. You know, I could just go up there and play, but it just I, I don't know. I wanted them to have that, so I'm gonna be building the Street Fighter machine and doing a video of that. Well, I did video of the rampage, but Zoe kept interrupting and things kept happening, and I just the the video the, one of the video whatever camera i was trying to use kept dying and it just the whole thing was a mess so it didn't really work out i will build the street fighter 2 machine um and record all that and go through the whole thing so that you guys can see what what is involved and what comes in the box how it's all packed everything uh, that machine these are all 299 each they actually they dropped the price from what they had originally said and they pushed back the release date because the demand has been so overwhelming and they kind of want to make sure that they get enough of them into people's hands so 299 each uh those the the three that i mentioned already come with four games each um all the games i mentioned and then the Street Fighter Two machine is also two ninety nine, but only comes with three games. Um, they're all Street Fighter Two games. The marquee title is Street Fighter Two Champion Edition. The second one is Street Fighter Two: The New Challengers, Super Street Fighter Two: The New Challengers. Sorry, and the third one is Super Street Fighter Two Turbo. So you get three of the 28 varieties of street fighter two, which is someone who reviewed the 30th anniversary collection can tell you those are all completely different street fighter games, despite <laughs> yeah. being named street fighter two. So it's not like you're getting gypped with that cabinet uh, yeah. for people wondering why there's three street fighter twos. They are completely yeah. different games. Yeah. Uh, so and worth it. So I'm excited. I'm going to, I'm going to put that one together. I'm going to do a video. I'm going to, Try to do video. I, I, we're talking about Twitch, and I have to figure out a way to do Twitch and just put it right over my shoulder and go through the games and, and show people how it actually works and the control deck and, and how the games look and everything. Because these are LCD screens, and they look gorgeous. You know, They don't have the scan lines or anything like that, but they're the old games are, like are there any ports on the back of them at all or is there anything you can plug no. into okay the only thing i nope. would recommend is that just using the the twitch uh, irl channel in real life and mm-hmm. just use your phone oh well yeah i guess that's a way to do it um because then it can show yeah. you playing it you can get the right angle and prop your phone or something like that yeah selfie stick okay. <laughs> you probably own one <laughs> <laughs> no actually i have a i have an attachment for my uh 
for my tripod that will hold an iPad or, a, or an iPhone. There so yeah. I mean, you probably, you, Josh probably has like the iPhone XSS or whatever. So I'm sure the camera's great. No, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like I could afford that. Um, it's a, P- it's yeah, a PR no, expense. So, well, yeah, good. <laughs> Mr. Um, I own an arcade in my basement. Well, but I didn't, you know, I know I'm they're, they're here for review. I, I didn't really. Uh, yeah, you know, sure. Blame the review. <laughs> which honestly, I, I can't, thank them enough i you know they featured your article on their instagram and stuff like that too yeah so. i i just i i they but they see you know when they had me in and they saw they know how giddy i am and uh, this guy's gonna CEO. give us a 10 guaranteed well <laughs> no, but he's in the age range that will appreciate it way more exactly than, yeah like all those cabinets look great and the game ones sound fantastic, but only the Street Fighter and the Rampage ones speak to me. If they gave, if like I had to review the Centipede one, I'll be like, eh, like I don't, the well, build and, on the machine's nice, but I don't know about these games just because those games do not speak to me at all, you know? And that's the funny thing about it. Like when I saw them at E3, they're like, which one do you like? And I'm like, uh, all of them? <laughs> like I can't, there's at least one game in every well, cabinet could, that's a must play for you but i can't even say one yeah. I'd i'm say saying at least four one. games yeah. yeah there's at least four games in every cabinet <laughs> that's a must play for me and the only like, one that isn't four games is the one that only has three <laughs> yeah i mean and that's the thing it's funny because street fighter 2 i you know i didn't play it a whole lot in the arcades i played it more on the genesis um i had gotten to a point where arcades were falling out or I didn't see arcades as much at that point in my life. So it's really the older retro games that, that really hit me in the gut. And I, I remember the first time I saw each one of these in the arcade and the first time I played each one of these in the arcade and how some of them I got drawn way more into than others. And all the different home versions I had of these either on the Atari 2600 or 5200 or, or anywhere on from there. And the reality of having that game, the actual arcade game in a slightly different cabinet in my house just is mind boggling. I, when I opened these games up, when I first plugged it in and I started playing asteroids, I was giddy with excitement. I was like, I can't believe I'm playing Asteroids in my house. This is insane. Like, literally Asteroids. I know you're not doing, like, sorry. I I know you're not doing, like, the the full review. But, like, how is, like, the build quality for, like, the the sides of the cabinet? How how thick and how heavy is that, like, actual cabinet? Is it, the sides of the cabinet yeah, feel like, and look like the sides of a real cabinet. So like, okay. like wood. I mean, they're they're solid. Yeah, it's okay. it's really nice. Not like and, plywood and the or whole thing, or, or um, plastic. Like I, no, I was worried that it would be like a plasticky. It it feels like the like the arcade cabinet would to me. You know, okay. I don't know what what's inside of it specifically inside that that panel yeah um, i was just concerned that it was going to be like some cheap aluminum type feel or no, some cheap no. plastic feel like well that and and this is this is why these are so great it, it's the attention to detail that sets these apart from like 
you know, I go every, every 4th of July, we try to go down to our friend's house in Virginia and everybody from school comes down and we're all there. And he had one of those knockoff Walmart cabinets that had gauntlet and like a couple other games in it that just has generic controls on it. And the controls are, they don't feel like the arcade controls and they break easily. And the cabinet is kind of shoddy. The monitor was crappy, you know, but it was like a cheap fifty hundred dollar thing that he bought. And like, Oh, it's a nice little arcade thing that I'll have for the kids. This, the attention to detail just in the marquee and the sides of the cabinets and the, and the control deck, especially it's the, it looks like the real thing. It feels like you're playing the real thing again. That's the amazing thing about it. And there are only 60 some pounds, like 62, 63 pounds. They're easy to pick up and move around. Like I, I was moving these all around the basement and I could pick it up and just walk it right up the stairs with no problem. They're real easy to move. Well, the real challenge is Josh is going to rearrange his entire basement to fit these in how he wants them. Well, no, the the basement is what it is, which is why I can only fit three. Um, and and that kind of bums me out at the same time because my wife kind of freaked out when she saw it. She's like, what the fuck? You know, and I was like, oh, what am I going to do? Um, but what kind of bums me out is I've seen what, is coming and what is potentially coming and he has nowhere to put it so it's going to my basement exactly i know i don't know what i'm gonna do i'm like what the, let's go I, I gotta what am i gonna do four face melee like, only fight yeah <laughs> i mean i kind of want the i kind of want the galaga machine which is exclusive to a couple retailers um which is only galaga and galaxian um but i think think that's a hundred bucks cheaper i'm not sure or 50 bucks i'm not sure what the exact price on that one is or who the, is the street fighter one any are. cheaper because it's only three games or is it because it it's street not. fighter and it's capcom and- it's the same price yeah. yeah see originally when they announced them at e3 all the cabinets were 400 and street fighter was 300 yeah. and we were like oh 100 bucks a game you know that's not too bad considering what it is and then when they did the full announcement of pre-orders and everything they said oh yeah everything's 299 yeah and it my, was like whoa whoa my, wait, what? my store is supposed to carry these yeah so, yep. my, my company i don't know if my store is getting them but well and that's the thing the 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 boxes are really nice they're flat packed and everything and and they're they're really solid and everything is is very well protected in there um but You'll see. I'll, I'll I'll do a whole video and and try to do a write up and everything on it. I'm I'm blown away though. I'm <laughs> really blown away by the the detail and you know everything on these cabinets is just fantastic. The the sticks feel amazing. The buttons feel great. The the trackball feels it, it's it's all authentic arcade parts. That's why right. you know. So they really, they didn't skimp on any of this stuff, which is really, really cool. They really wanted to make these solid and make them something you would want to show off and want to play. Now, I don't have any of the risers, uh, so they are small. You know, they're made to be played sitting down. Unless you're a kid, you can just walk right up and it's like a regular arcade, arcade cabinet for you. My daughter loved it. It was perfect for her. You know, and it's a perfect hype for my son at six years old. For them, it's a regular arcade cabinet. Uh, I'm going to try to get hold of one of the risers. Um, 
whether it's before or after launch, we'll see. Uh, just to, like I saw it at E3, but I want to get video of it and show people the difference, the size difference, and, and what a difference it makes for an adult, you know, that you can actually stand at the cabinet and it feels like the original cabinet. Smaller, but it feels like the original cabinet. Um, otherwise, you're sitting in a chair or a stool. You know, they sell stools, or you can just use any kind of chair or they stool. They sell that, that, They do. They have branded arcade one-up stools that are the perfect height. Um, Which I don't know the price on them, but you know, they can't be that much, maybe 20 bucks or so. Um, But you know, it, it's amazing. If, if you're, if you've always wanted an arcade cabinet in your house, this is it. I mean, this is as close you're going to get without spending like three grand on, an arcade cabinet that has an old CRT that's going to fail on you and all the buttons that are going to fail on you and all the, you know, all the internals that are just going to fall apart because they're 40 years old at this point. So it's, it's amazing. It's well, well worth it. Um, and I know that was not supposed to be a review, but it almost is at that yeah. point. Um, I need to, I need he, to play some more. He needs more to play the games. <laughs> well, I, I'm I, well, interested I, in the, the, you know, Build it like you already built one, but building the other one, like how yeah. easy you're able to recreate the smooth building process. You know? I just can't wait to watch the video of him building it. <laughs> it's it's not that it's actually not that hard to build. There's there's one part to it when you're putting because you you take the one side of the cabinet, you put all the pieces into it, most of the pieces into it, and then you lay it flat and you have to put that other side in. When you put that other side on, that's where it gets tricky. Cause there's all these dowels you have to line up with all around it and, and then get these screws in. That's where I had a little bit of a problem. Um, but even that, you know, within minutes I had it all lined up and had it pushed in. It was all good. Um, Keep in mind, folks, he's talked this much about these, and I think they've been in his house for like eight hours. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've played... No, I know. Actually, I've, I've played every single game except Defender. I didn't have a chance to play Defender. But I've played every single game on these cabinets so far. Um, and every single one of them is exactly the arcade game. Exactly the arcade game. Um, and I talked about that, you yeah. know, where with the Street Fighter they saw there was a lag on the input and they fixed it. And Capcom saw that and was like, no, you put that back. Cause that's what the arcade was. That's what people expect when they play the arcade game is that lag. And it has to be there. So they got that detailed and that into it that they really are as authentic as they were. They are the games from the arcade. It's insane. So, Okay. All right. Why don't you, why don't you review? Why don't you actually review the games that you're supposed to review now? I, I was just going to follow up with that, <laughs> though, just because. Yeah. Um, so the riser is forty dollars. Forty um, or fifty? Is it forty? Uh, I thought it was fifty. Walmart has the riser for thirty nine dollars. Okay. So riser is forty dollars. It could be different at other retailers. Yeah. The yeah. Um, Galaga exclusive is Walmart. Okay. Uh, Best Buy actually has the Atari twelve in one exclusive. Yeah, and that which, one is four hundred. See, and that one that's problematic. It's it has a lot of games that are not in any of these cabinets. Yeah, which made me really eye it up. But the the downfall with that one is 
they kind of broke their own rule where they Frankenstein the control deck and put a bunch of different controls on there um, to accommodate all 12 games. And the other kind of issue with a purist is that uh, the screen on that one is horizontal and it includes centipede, which needs to be vertical. So centipede is going to be a little weird on there. I don't know how it's going to be handled, whether it's just going to be narrow on that smaller screen or I don't think they would stretch it out there. This doesn't seem like the type because that would ruin the whole experience, but (sighs) that's a tough call. That one. I mean, it's got all those games that you can't get anywhere else, but the experience is not going to be quite the same. So how much is the Galaga one? You know, the Galaga one's the same price as the other ones. Is even it? Even though it's two games, yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's Galaga and Galaxian. But, yeah, dude, I'll, I'll double check. Yeah, it's hmm. two ninety nine like the other ones. Okay. Yeah. And okay. then the, uh, the 12 and 1 is actually three ninety nine. Yeah. Which, well, it's not a bad price, but still. No. Okay. Um do you really want to hear me keep talking at this point? <laughs> you can make them short. Just what you got to do. You okay. got to do Pez and you, you got to do what? Uh, Pez and Operation Workate. Um, so Pez is already up on the site. Uh, go there. There's a lot more information on it. And Operation Workade will be up on the site. It's basically written. I just need to go through it and add pictures and edit and whatever. Um, so uh, Pez... It's interesting. This Sorry, is the first Pro time. Pro Evolution Soccer 2019. Yeah. Pro Evolution Soccer 2019. Um, they've been releasing this for more than a decade on the PS3 and Xbox 360. And this is the first year that they finally dropped it. So with that, they were able to focus exclusively on the, the latest generation of consoles. And they didn't have to worry about you know, dumbing things down for the other versions of it at all. Um, So that alone led to 4K and HDR and all kinds of new stuff in there. Um, The biggest problem with this one is some of the rights that they've lost, including the UEFA uh, Champions League, um, which went to FIFA. And uh, Pro Evolution Soccer had that for a decade. So, and that's a big, big loss. It's, it's huge for, uh, football fans, soccer fans. I'm just going to call it soccer because it's pro evolution soccer. So sorry, everyone else in the world. Um, they did pick up a bunch of smaller leagues. So they're just trying to like outdo the quality with quantity. Um, but it's a huge loss. Um, they added a ton of cool stuff in including um the first touch depending on the individual player the situation around them dribbling takes into account the skills of the player distance to the ball um shooting mechanics and animations have been changed and they're based on the individual player and the ball position and and things like that so it really changes the way the game plays and it feels so much better. It feels really like an amazing soccer game. Um, I was able to play 
much better than I've ever played in the past because you don't feel like you're locked into these animations. It feels much more fluid and much more natural. Uh, I go into more in in the review. Um, I'm not going to dig into it here. Um, the My Club stuff is just way too complicated for me. Um, that's like the FIFA Ultimate Team, Madden Ultimate Team, all that hockey Ultimate Team, all the EA Ultimate Team stuff where you're card collecting and building your teams and um, you know doing all stuff with that. It's just just the tutorial for it alone. I was, my mind was just numb halfway through it. I'm like, what is going on? It was like another, and here's another full screen explaining this and then do this. And then here's another full screen explaining. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't even, I don't even remember what we talked about five screens ago. And I'm supposed to keep track of all this. Are we talking like just blocks of text? Uh, tutorial or blocks of text and it, it tries to explain it to you, but then it says, okay, now push, you know, now hit this button and you hit it and it's like, okay, you just did that. And I'm like, what did I do? I, I, where am I? What's going on here? I was, I was so lost in there. I just, there's too much going on, just way too much to keep track of for somebody who is not super, super deep into soccer. I think, um, it it's too much. Um, so I, I just got lost in there. Did not like that. Um, commentary is okay, but there's so much repetition in there, which was kind of surprising. Um, stadiums, it matters whether they're, uh, part of a, uh, pro evolution soccer partner or not. If they are, they get all their specific chance and all like the, the stadium looks much better. You know, they, they spend a lot more time on those. Um, unfortunately, when you get to the other ones, everything gets very generic in terms of chance and crowd noise and all that stuff. So, yeah. Um, the online was great. You know, there were no real problems with it. Um, it's, it's good. It, it nails the gameplay in a big way, um, which is great. But the... UEFA license being gone and that's a huge thing. Um, so, I mean, it depends on what kind of soccer experience you're looking for. I, I don't know whether FIFA, you know, I, I think they added or they're refining the, you know, that real player motion stuff. Um, but Pez 2019 feels so much better than any FIFA game I've ever played and even better than any Pez game I've ever played. So are you into the leagues, all the different licenses and big leagues? This might not be your game, but if you're into gameplay itself, the gameplay here is great. Uh, so I gave this one an eight. Nice. Cool. Um, now for <laughs> operation Warcade. Um, this came out back in April um, but there is a physical version of it now and it was sent to me. So that's what I was looking at and that's what I'm reviewing. It's the same game. Uh, it's just that now you can get a physical version. So, um, you know how we feel about those. So, uh, the physical version is $10 more than the digital. The digital is nineteen ninety nine. The physical is twenty nine ninety nine. So you kind of have to make a judgment call there on, you know, whether this is your type of game. Uh, it's 
kind of a throwback to an old arcade light gun game, but not really, not necessarily. The the thing is with pretty much every light gun game, it was a first person thing and all the enemies are coming at you straight down the screen or from either side of the screen or whatever. Uh, with this, the action moves really slowly on a left to right scroll and you're set really far back. So the enemies are tiny on the screen and you're, you're shooting at them and taking them out. The thing is you could take all the enemies out in a certain section and it's still scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and you're waiting for more enemies to pop up with nothing to do. Um, but then they'll pop up and, you know, things get exciting again. It it doesn't happen a whole lot, but it'll happen, you know, if you can get ahead of the game. Um, this also uses whatever control scheme you want. You can use dual shock, you can use two move controllers, or you can use the um, PlayStation uh, VR aim controller. So they've all got minor issues. Um, between the three of them, I think the aim controller is the best, although it's absolute garbage for like one or two of the weapons. Um, but all of them kind of have that problem where they've got issues with one or two of the weapons. So, uh, the way it works, there's, there's a lot of different weapons that pop up, including like a gravity gun. There's bow and arrow at one point, there's knives that you can throw. Um, and the kind of the hook to this one is that there are these immersion points where when you hit the immersion point, you can either bypass it or or actually shoot at it and it'll pull you into the game itself. And then it becomes like one of those old light gun games where you're in first person mode and everybody's coming at you, whether you're driving a vehicle or whether you're standing there and they're all coming at you and you're throwing knives at them or you're in a corner somewhere and you're shooting at people. The funny thing is you can turn your head and you can look around and you can see like wreck of Ralph. You can see the screen of the arcade machine from the inside. And you can see like this army guy's head and two virtual hands out there, which is you. And as you move your head around that head moves around. So it's still tied to you in a way, uh, which is kind of funny. Uh, the immersion points are cool and everything. It's It's got a ton of missions, over 100 missions, and all kinds of variety in the environments and everything. And there's enough change up there to keep it fresh. And it's fun to go through and unlock levels and everything. The visuals, they kind of look like a late PS1 to early PS2 era game. So not great. I, I don't know if they were trying to go for that old arcade game style um it's it's hard to say uh i did come across a couple glitches uh along the way nothing huge um but you know they were enough to make me just be taken out of the experience um it's a cool there's a lot of creativity in there and it's a cool idea it just kind of falls short in a few areas um it is fun and I do keep going back to it. So, you know, there's something there. Um, but you just kind of have to decide if this is the kind of game you're looking for in VR. You know, it's like an arcade shooter 
in a way, but a unique take on an arcade shooter. Um, it just, it has a few problems with the controls, depending on which one you're doing. And all of them have a major problem with one or two of the, the weapons. So it doesn't matter what you're using, you're going to run into a problem every now and then with, with, with the game. So, uh, give this one a 6.5. Okay. And that is that. All right. So other than some of the telltale questions that we got and the PlayStation Classic questions we got, we did get an email. Um, And this email comes from... Joshua. I didn't do it. That's not my name. So he writes, hey, guys. So I had a couple of discussion topics I wanted to bring up to get your thoughts on. You're supposed to ask a question, not bring up discussion. Um, Mm. (laughs) First being Call of Duty as a franchise. Although I am excited about Black Ops 4 and the new Blackout mode, I feel like Activision is missing the ball. Here's what I mean. COD is released every year, and one of three studios makes it, it, and debatably only one of those is good. Why do you think that Activision doesn't see the formula and do what Overwatch and Rainbow Six are doing and release updates, uh, paid updates or free updates. I feel that Call of Duty player base is so fragmented because of the same stuff and not adapting to the times. Not to mention, not to mention that Blackout mode would be so much cooler if Ghost and Soap, with Ghost and Soap as characters. Uh, I'll tell you why Activision is not going for updates, paid or free, uh, because Call of Duty sells like. 50 million copies <laughs> every year. It, it has started to decline over the last couple of years, which is, I think, why they are sort of changing bit. it up a little bit with not having the campaign and doing the Battle Royale mode in it. Um, but, yeah. It's, but Battle it's, Royale is Battle Royale. Yeah. That's the hot. That's yeah. the new hotness. So, of course, and, it's going to be And in I there. think you will see Ghost or Soap in the Battle Royale mode uh, because they have a lot of the famous characters from Call of Duty in there. Yeah. Um, I think it's something that's, you know, it's tied and it's tried and true. I mean, like a new Call of Duty Black Ops or Call of Duty Infinite Warfare or Call of Duty Advanced Warfare or whatever it is. Like, it has name recognition. I mean, it's similar to maybe not as this is probably not the best analogy, but it's similar to like having Kleenex in a grocery store. <laughs> there's, <Yeah. laughs> there's a Call of Duty game it's, in every game store, yeah. no matter what. <laughs> so. But it's it's Activision and you have to think about what Activision does. They they will ride this into the ground. They will ride it until it doesn't sell anymore. They did the same thing with Guitar Hero. They do the same thing with a lot of their franchises. You know, if they get that big hit, they're going to ride it for all it's worth. And until this takes a significant hit, yeah, sales may have been declining, but until it takes a significant hit in sales, you're going to get a new one every year. And in case, and in case you didn't realize that Overwatch and uh, Call of Duty are published by the same company. Oh, you, you took my nitpick. Uh, <laughs> I was getting ready to nitpick and be like, actually... I'm Activision not sure who bought Overwatch. who. I think they merged. I don't think Blizzard bought they Activision. But, or, <laughs> but Kodak Kodak is still like the president of both. Yeah. So, um, but, so they are changing the way they're doing the DLC for Black Ops 4. Uh, but it's not the way you would want them to do it. So they're getting rid of... I don't know if they've, they're they going to change this because there's an outcry over it. You can't buy the map packs individually. You can only get the DLC through the season pass. As Because previously, you could either get the season pass or buy the map packs $15. Yeah, buy, buy the zombie pack or buy the, the attack and defend pack or whatever. Yeah. 
And what commonly would happen is each time they would release a pack, the sales would decline, or the, the sales would be smaller and smaller as people check out of, you know, the, the year of uh, content that usually comes out. Because they would release like three or four, sometimes five map packs. And each map pack would sell less and less. So what they're doing this time is you just have to buy the season pass if you want any of the DLC. In mm. hopes of avoiding those declining numbers they usually see map pack to map pack so they are trying something different i don't know how well that will work uh just because a lot of people usually do check out of call of duty by the time the second or third map pack map uh, map pack comes out so they're not gonna have a choice now if they want to play that stuff they got to buy all of it and a season pass will probably be the 40 to 50 dollar range and and the reverse of it is again the same company what activision is doing with destiny destiny 2 of you know, Destiny Two as a base game was sixty bucks, and then each of the expansions last year were fifteen dollars a piece, and then Forsaken came out, and Forsaken is forty dollars by itself, and then they did a thirty dollar annual pass. They've changed it each time this year that they're trying to do things where they were doing monthly updates and you know and things like that, and it necessarily wasn't working. And then you still have those people that pull away and are like, "Can't you just give me a new sixty dollar game every September? Like, can't you like shouldn't we be on Destiny Four by now? You know?" Yeah. <laughs> I, I think they're I think they're doing all those different things with Destiny partially because it was Bungie mm-hmm. and Bungie had that sway and Bungie was like, Well, we wanna do our thing and Activision was like, Please, whatever you want, yeah. we'll do it, you know? Because it was Bungie. Uh so I think a, a a developer like that had the pull to be able to make Destiny what they wanted. You know, and and not have yeah for sure. Activision, Activision went really when, when, stick when, their fingers yeah. in too much. When Bungie yeah. went independent, Activision went to them to publish. Not Bungie didn't come to Activision. Yeah, <laughs> and and Activision is pretty hands off with Blizzard in terms of yeah. like they just let Blizzard yeah, do absolutely. Blizzard wants to do. You have to, but they <laughs> but they, they, the they still look at all yeah. these. They still look at all these money and marketing dynamics and what's working yeah. and what's not working. If you ask me right now, I don't think Forsaken is doing as well as they thought it would be doing because they keep constantly. Uh, marketing it heavier after release they just did another gambit free weekend uh last weekend and i'm like wait a minute like gambit's playable for forsaken players so they must not have enough forsaken players because they're still trying to to get the people that have destiny 2 for free and stuff like that from plus so like call of duty like josh said year after year like you're you're guaranteed x number like you you can put it on the wall yeah. we're gonna sell this much or more yeah <laughs> so yeah, and that's the thing. And every year, everybody's like, "Oh, come on, this is it. Who's going to buy it?" And every year, like after the first week, they tout this insane number of day one sales. That's just mind boggling. It always goes hand so. in hand: election day and Call of Duty sales. You always hear about it on the news. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the last part. Um, I mean, we we beat this horse quickly, so we can maybe just talk about it. But I also found out well, that. Go ahead. I was gonna say everything he asked. We we basically talked yeah, he, about. Yeah, he all asked more telltale. It's telltale. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um. And then at the end of it, he goes, "Thanks, guys, and keep up the good work. Love the new format and conciseness of the show." Thank you. Awesome. So, and then the other questions that people sent in that using SPS Nation, we answered earlier on Telltale and the PlayStation Classic. So again, remember that you can send us questions using hashtag AskPSNation. Um, like I, you know, half jokingly but seriously said as well, we are still looking for additional writers, news writers, reviewers, things like that. So please send your samples. Uh, please, you know, get an extra set of eyes on those. Run them through the spell check a couple times. Just you know, 
put your best foot forward for us. Um, can't always, we cannot pay you, but you 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 can be reimbursed in games um, and other other benefits to where if you're producing content for us that we do take care of you um, as best as possible. So we are still looking to add more staff um, so that maybe the three of us don't have to like try to juggle four or five reviews at the same time. Um, other than that, speaking of reviews, next week sounds like it's going to be pretty heavy. I will be reviewing Destiny 2, giving it a score, um, Mega Man 11, and uh, I should have Creed Rise of Glory. Maybe Josh and I will kind of do a dual review on that a little bit. Um, so we'll have that going for my myself next week. Um, Michael, what's on your plate? Uh, for sure, the impressions for episode one of Life is Strange. I always hate doing full reviews of those just because... Oh no, I'm going to make you all... score each episode. Nope, Josh has a system in place. Oh, no. I do not have no. to do that. I'm the host of the podcast, and you're going to score each episode. Nope, we are co-hosts. <laughs> uh, that, and then I'll probably have impressions for a stack of games that uh, Glenn will be sending in the next couple days. So All right. I'll be pretty busy. Josh, what you got? Uh, a lot. A lot. <laughs> Think you'll be ready um, to review Transference next week? or Transference? Tra- transference? probably maybe i don't know i mean there's that i have to finish up nhl 19 the golf club 2019 uh, maybe we skip what we're playing next week and just do our reviews yeah <laughs> that's what we're gonna be playing anyways <laughs> yeah there's smaller titles and now assassin's creed and there's a lot there's a lot to deal with so and i don't know where i am gonna have the time over the next couple of days i can help so. you out yeah We'll talk uh, after. You can always send me. Yeah. A, you can always send Assassin's Creed this way. You know. Yeah, yeah. But it's already redeemed. Yeah. <laughs> you suck. Yeah. So. All right, everyone. I hope, I hope everyone yeah. has a great week. Again, please leave us a review on the podcast. It helps us out in ways that I will one day understand, but um, soon, uh, please. But just leave the review and uh, make sure you use hashtag SPS Nation on Facebook and uh, Twitter. Have a great week. I'm tired, guys. Let's go to bed. It's your fault. We're me up this too. late. But wait, there's Centipede is calling to me. Bye. It's calling to me.